What's up, VHS heads? You're listening to the VHS Abyss. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. And welcome, welcome to our Halloween edition of our podcast. You could say it's a Halloween spooktacular. (laughs) Oh, good one, Dave. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. The um... spookiest day of the year. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, we are recording this on a very special day, which has some sort of association to Not Halloween, like we just uh, (laughs) precursed with. No, uh, so today is Friday the 13th. This is our recording day. So what, when we were discussing what our Halloween episode should be, we was like, well, it's Halloween edition, uh, we're going to be filming on Friday the 13th, let's do Halloween versus Friday the 13th, makes sense, doesn't it? But then it was like, oh, yeah, I don't know, All right, is it going to be fun? All right, yeah. And how often does Friday the 13th fall in October? Not very often. So, yeah, make the most of the Friday 13th vibe. Exactly. And so, also, who wants to try and pit those two mammoth horror yeah. staples together? Exactly. Yeah, we find out, yeah, that's not as fun. All right, so we are going for the Friday the 13th sequels, uh, for it being such a special day. And uh, the sequels that we have chosen uh, for this versus is... The final chapter, so Friday the 13th, number four, versus Friday the 13th, eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. (laughs) Yeah, they were a lot more fun, in my eyes, to talk about. And um, yeah, so that's the reasoning behind this. And also, the the kind of like, well, for me personally... Uh, as a massive fan of the franchise, final chapter is obviously you know, well regarded as one of the best sequels that they've done, and also has like pretty cool cast with a couple of cast members. But also, number eight was the first of the franchise I watched as a kid, and <laughs> it, so it holds a dear place in my heart. So I had to put it up against um, one of the franchise's favourites right? and, and just point it towards, like, obviously, my friends, uh, Chris and Dave, to talk about, who are novices as, as horror and the Friday the 13th franchise, I suppose. It's yeah, yeah. fun the, to, for you, your reactions. Well, I'll say it's definitely... There's no other reason I would have sat down and watched these films. I've watched the first two briefly and... Yeah, that were enough. <laughs> yeah, and I've never, I've never been intrigued enough to uh, go back in and 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 complete um, the whole catalogue of these uh, movies. So no, exactly the same, Dave. I mean, um, really glad we did this. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad, like you said, probably wouldn't have uh, gone to the effort to specifically watch these. Maybe they would have watched the first one, or I don't know if I'd have got to number eight all the, all the way. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been a bit yeah, it, uh, it was good fun. It was about 13 of them, or 14 of them, isn't they? Total. One way in space or something that, as well. Well, that's number 10. Um, and that, that kind of was the official end of the current, well, that's kind of franchise. Then there's obviously the, the they did a remake in the yeah. 2000s. Uh, which is pr- quite fun, to be fair. Uh, it's it's again, it's just 
try and cash in on the like that craze at the time of like you know certain slashes and stuff that were around like trying to bring it back to life but yeah um the yeah the official franchise was 10 and right. go that's why it was Jason X uh, which I thought was pretty badass, personally. But like, yeah, well, <laughs> well, Robo Jason. Yeah, like, yeah. But uh, oh god! Like, <laughs> again, it's like we we could literally just do numerous episodes with these sequels, and, and I hope to God we cover them all at some point uh, because I need you guys to see yeah. these films uh, <laughs> and your reactions to them because like. Let's yeah. go one step at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, oh god. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've managed to beat you up and bully you in to watch these <laughs> films, uh, and um, yeah, and like uh, you know, through gritted teeth, he was like, right, okay, let's do it. Um, but I, I bet deep down you had a great oh, time. Oh, not deep down, definitely. Glad yeah. I did. Surprised <laughs> to shout yeah. from the rooftop. Yeah. yeah. Fun time was had by all. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, let's, let's get into it a bit then. Like, So um, what's your kind of like memories of it like as a franchise as such then? Obviously, I know that, uh, Dave, you just said that yeah. you've only seen bits of them and such. But like... That whole generation, like, you know, like as you got older or whatever, you know, the Halloween stuff of the Friday uh, and the Nightmare on Elm Street. So what, yeah. Well, what that's what really, I find, yeah. I find like really mental considering we all would have been young children at the time of when these were at the height, but all of it bled through to us. So even like it's on record, I, I weren't the biggest horror watcher anyway as a kid or a rape wuss, but um, I knew, I knew who, Freddy Krueger was. I knew Jason Voorhees. I knew Mike Michael Myers, and it those these characters are iconic. Like, say, I remember in primary school, kids doing the Freddy Krueger one, two, three. Yeah. I'm thinking, who's letting the eight nine year old <laughs> yeah. kid watch bloody um, Friday the Thirteenth? But all these characters sort of they they, they were popular culture, yeah. so it, it's unsurprising that obviously they went on to make all these money. God, imagine thinking you've got the potential for this cash cow and you're going to keep wheeling it out but yeah I just I have I have early memories of catching either one or two I honestly couldn't sit down and I couldn't tell you hand or not which one it was but um, catching it on either BBC One BBC Two like when I had my little 14 inch portable I'd have probably been about 11 12 years old mm. I remember just being transfixed by because that, that's the thing I think they these are the type of horrors which um, probably scared me for life from just purely the suspense that's built from it and then that period with the slashes was yeah iconic weren't it mm, yeah. so yeah um probably weren't the best thing for an 11 year old to be laid curled up in bed in a darkened room <laughs> watching a really crappy picture because i didn't have a proper era connection you had that circle thing on yeah, the top oh um but yeah seeing kids being preyed on by this psychopathic heavy breathing um <laughs> I mean, obviously, in them first two, you, you're not really seeing Jason Voorhees as he goes on to be in the franchise isn't isn't really there. But the yeah, the the whole thrill of it all was there, yeah. wasn't it? So yeah, oh, uh, yeah, I was aware of it, and it's just amazing how it crossed over to such young, innocent minds. I know. Uh, yeah. What about you, Chris? Yeah, very similar. I mean, I was uh, yeah a fan of um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger. Like you said, that was massive uh, in school and stuff. Um, I knew of the Friday 13th one. I think 
like maybe it was one of them ones that was like put on in the background like a load of mates like, would watch it and like all taking the mick and stuff and never really taking it in so I, I don't have any solid memories of really what happened in the film just like obviously the image that you, you the, the, the hockey mask and yeah it's iconic yeah totally um but i mean i watched yeah well i enjoyed freddy krueger ones um nightmare on elm street halloween put me off i think of friday the 13th because i thought it was going to be maybe a bit similar cause i don't i think i mentioned maybe on the last episode or, or another episode that i find it a little bit um slow going for me mm-hmm. um so not spoiling what we're going to discuss later on, but I think these don't take themselves as seriously from what I've seen of the Friday the 13th films. Right. So I like that about them, yeah. especially the Manhattan one. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like I said before, like, I've, I've, uh, obviously, going into these films, like, uh, my dad was the one that taped all the films. So, the, the, uh, this. The the take Manhattan one, um, I remember literally watching it to death. Like it just, I don't know what it was about it. it I mean, it was the only one that I, I, I saw and, and got introduced. I never really thought anything about Jason as such. Like it was obviously just it was just a horror film at that time. I didn't know anything really about the franchise. And then there was another one. I'm not. Uh, it might have been five or six. Uh, I've mentioned again before about the uh, paintballing one. And that would definitely like more of a '90s theme, and uh, there's a few images that I remember of that. But uh, they that was it, like up until probably into me, I don't know, late teens, really. That I, I then like after I watched Scream, and where like she got the question wrong at the beginning about the Jason, and it was like. Um, no, it was his mum that was the original killer. Jason did come into the second, and all this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, shut up! Like, what's that about? Like, no, it's not. Like, yeah, because obviously it's Friday the Thirteenth. That's that's all you assume is just like Jason's like that that franchise. So I had to go and watch the first one, and yeah, it it, it was just a completely different movie to to how it ended. And um, yeah, in in a way, it was. I mean, around that period, like so, obviously uh, Sean Cunningham it, it was was around that kind of stuff he was working with Wes Craven and uh he, he he noticed obviously like Halloween was such a massive success so he was like oh, I want a piece of that so that's basically where he come up with this idea and it was the the original film that he was working on uh was called A Long Night at Camp Blood so that was the original working title so the the people that were involved with it was like yeah, I'm not really a fan of that title. So uh, that it, that's where it come to then them going into like well let's do Friday the Thirteenth. So long story short, they come up with that. They had to do a few little backhanders because also at, the, at that moment there was a film out called Friday the Thirteenth The Orphan. So <laughs> so they had to uh, uh, try and get rights uh, to to that name. So we were just wondering whether it was just like, uh, right, you know, here's a few quid, like, shut your gob, we're taking the brand. And uh, and, and that was basically it. So they moved forward with it and uh, didn't look back, really. So, so yeah, as as a, a franchise, no, no one expected it to go on for like this. Nobody. And, and the way it progresses through the years and in the films, 
it just gets more and more bonkers. Um, I think you can tell from some of the titles that they didn't expect yeah. it to go on this no, one, no, like no, the but, final chapter, and they go, oh, shit, yeah. it's still mint at box office. Roll out of one. Only joking. <laughs> I think I think the calling it Friday the Thirteenth had a had a good it's a great bit of marketing really because it's sort of one it always sticks in you in yeah. people's minds it's like you know it's an association thing and it's just got the formula aren't they and it, it's obviously worked yeah I mean like going into it like a little bit like so like like for instance when Final Chapter was released in nineteen eighty three at that period. Uh, that was like at the uh, at the highest point of like being absolutely saturated with the slasher genre. So apparently, during just 1983 alone, 60 percent of movies released <laughs> were slashes or of along that kind of ilk. So you know you can see like there was that period like after Halloween where everybody was like, oh my god, like you know he's made this film for like next to nothing. Look at the money it's uh, made. Like we need a piece of this, so all the big uh, studios were going looking for like their Halloween franchise, uh, and, and, and Paramount, after the success of Friday the Thirteenth, they jumped on that. You know, so Frank uh, Macuso, uh, the, who he basically saw that and just thought, yeah, love that. Uh, let's let's try and bring Jason into it a bit more, and um, and yeah, let's see where we go with it. You know, so and and. Every year, you know, it was making money. They was making it for next to nothing and coming back with a massive profit. So, you know, why not? Uh, and I think even at, at some point, obviously getting into the Manhattan film, it was just like getting, you know, it was dying to death, you know. So it was just like, look, come on, like, we've got to look at fucking doing something with this now. You know, it, it, so, uh, yeah, that, that's where there was, uh, well, to be fair, number four, they were actually looking at killing him off, like, yeah. proper. Mm. Um, but obviously the the fans speak, and um, so they kept doing it. And then even number eight was the point where they're like, look, this is it. Jason is dead. Like, how are we going to kill him off for good? Uh, and even after that, they made two more. Yeah. You know? So it's just like you know the fans talk, and uh, yeah, it's it's weird how it's it's got so big uh, for that it's, character. It's crazy, really, isn't it? When you think, because I suppose could these horror franchises have been sort of like the death of independent cinema because it seems this is where all the um, all the big production companies started seeing it as massive cash cows with these franchises. I know they were, we had action franchises as well, but for maximising profits, these low-budget, mm. and I suppose it started 80s when the big production companies really started getting the claws into Hollywood, all the money men were really interested yeah. in it, weren't you? So I wonder if it was sort of like the catalyst for um, Probably, forcing yeah. some yeah. creativity out of it. I know, don't get me wrong, we we obviously saw some great um, advances with like practical effects, and I suppose in a horror in that sort of genre, that's where you you're going to get to see the most talented people creating these effects and things like that. Yeah. That's the environment you're going to get to see it. So. Probably move things on as well, but yeah, just it's interesting really to think that yeah, they were they were it was all about maximizing the profits, weren't it? Put as little investment into it, do everything on a tight budget, and yeah. then yeah, sit yeah. back and 
but hopefully so, reap the rewards. It's those sort of films that you can like catch lightning in a bottle, and it's like, it's, like you say, such a low budget for such a high return, return on it. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, as a studio like Paramount, uh, like Frank uh, Macuso uh, Senior, uh, he's the uh, the actual head of Paramount, and he he literally was just. There was knocking out Friday Thirteenth like every year, yeah. and 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 it was just like for how much that money made that helped just like for keep the, the rest of the studio with what, all their interests. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Because it, it used to throw a couple of mil, uh, if it, and, and they were making like you know twenty million or something, <laughs> you know, ten times as much, and, and that was helping like just you know just to basically just up his profits for the year for the studio, and and it was just like a no brainer for him, and it's just like well they're making money. We'll keep making them like simple as that, and and they also relied a lot on the um, like how the last film made like at that time for how much the budget was for the was, next yeah yeah so yeah, that's yeah. fair point that's yeah. kind of, I also noticed on a couple on especially on these two films we've covered um, the producers that are attached to it are normally attached to a couple. It's like. I've like wondered were they like punished like right you've performed shit you're going on I'm giving you the Friday the Thirteenth number six exactly because every name associated in the production credits so they're probably someone who took some money into it to to back it a bit more just to get a credit yeah. or um, like I say they they you look at their other um, their other projects they'd worked on and they were all just couple of other um friday the 13th films and then yeah yeah there's no they, there's no one associated it seems as regards production other than their don who, who oversaw it all yeah so i'm wondering if it were like a sweepstake they'd get in the office yeah. like, oh bastard i got part three <laughs> <laughs> yeah completely like yeah, I mean that's it. Uh, it I think as well with with the the franchise, uh, even with like just th- that whole period, you know, the, this it was a great start for a lot of these careers and stuff. And and reading some of the stories of these actors and actresses and and where they were coming from, and then getting these like big roles because they didn't want obviously A list stars or big names, you know. Like, and and it was just like they just need somebody to be of a certain style. I mean, I think in time it, it got a bit more like you know like stringent with like uh, as regards to like the the talent and, yeah, and what getting, they can do and stuff. Getting some names associated to it. Um, I mean, to the point where even like when scripts were going around, there, there was having to change the name of the yeah. script of the film um, because when it come up like oh friday the 13th like agents were then charging like extra like more money for their, to try and get their talent yeah, on because the, they know how much yeah. they made and stuff yeah. you know um so that, that you yeah, know that's the kind of had to blag the way through just to try and get some of this cheap talent and <laughs> stuff like so they didn't have to pay as much so it's it's mind blowing, like how how well it's done. I mean, it's it's, it's as a franchise, it's made about four hundred and sixty million uh, over the you know the the whole period, uh, and you've probably thrown I don't know forty at it. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, so so one point eight this one wasn't it? So yeah. Um, that's basically like covered like the, the, the kind of like the build up to this. So before we get into 
our segment of cast and crew. We'd love to hear any suggestions, any feedback. If you'd like to come on and have a guest spot, put yourself forward. We, me, Matt, and Chris, we've all done little segments on other podcasts as well, and it, it's it's fun. It's it, it really is brilliant getting to to know other people within this with this podcasting community. It, it is really great. But we want we want to grow this reach out and and just get feedback from people that are listening to us. Mm. Just. That, that aren't just we can't we can't just keep going around in a circle <laughs> <laughs> picking out as as films we want we want some interaction with it uh, and we're getting some we're and we're loving what we're getting so we just want it to be to, yeah. yeah to keep coming get involved everyone so um I think it's time to let's get started. Christopher, do you have a synopsis for Friday the 13th final chapter? I do indeed. So, after being announced dead and taken to a morgue, Jason Voorhees spontaneously revives, escapes from the hospital and stalks a group of friends renting a house in the countryside near Crystal Lake. Yes. So, I've wrote... A basically just like a, a build up to this episode. Like, I haven't gone into detail as such, but it'd be nice probably to be like, right, we aren't doing number four. Let's do like a bit of a an update where we're at. So a bit of a recap as such. If you don't want any spoilers, just for, yeah. fast yeah. forward it about skip three it minutes. Bit. Yeah, I think I think yeah, just skip forward. But obviously for the fans out there, uh, this is where we're at leading into number four. And they have been out 40 years, so... Yeah. If <laughs> you had fair time. Grow up. Exactly. So, <laughs> like, uh, if you send messages to us, it's just kind of like, why aren't you got to that point already anyway? So, as of Friday 13th, number one, a group of camp counsellors are trying to reopen a camp at Crystal Lake, but they start getting killed one by one, and it turns out to be mother... Of Jason Voorhees. Jason actually drowned near the camp 20 years previous. So, we then cut to number two. Jason Voorhees' mum has been killed in the end of number one. So, number two, five years later, a camp near Camp Crystal Lake are opening for counsellor training. And uh, once again, they're all getting killed off one by one. But this time, it's of Jason, who's you know a bit grown up now, and he's avenging his mum's death. He clearly didn't drown in the river, mm. but don't know how they, they don't go over the story of his survival. <laughs> no. But it's definitely don't think about it too too much. Yeah, <laughs> that's the key with these films. <laughs> yeah, Jason's alive and he's avenging his mum's death. So we then get into number three. Jason Voorhees survives the attack from the end of two and gets revenge on a group of friends staying at a cabin near Crystal Lake. And as you can imagine, shit goes down and Jason gets attacked. And this is where we start, obviously, at number four, the final chapter. So we'll be obviously getting into that later. That's the recap so, cast and crew. So, final chapter. We have a release date at 1984. Paramount Pictures. On IMDb, it's 
quite a respectable 6 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, it's gave it a critic score of 24%, an audience of 51%. The budget was 2.2 million, and it brought in 33 million. <laughs> so that just says it all. Yeah. And this is supposed to have been the period where it was like dying a death. So everything it, was saturated with mm. slashes and So yeah, suspense. making a good chunk of change there. <clears throat> we have director Joseph Zito. So before, he was the director of The Prowler. To UK people, uh, it's Rosemary's Killer. And that was released in 1981. That was basically the only thing of any significance. Afterwards, uh, he did a few things with Canon films. So uh, a couple of Chuck Norris belters missing <laughs> in Action and Invasion USA. He also uh, rewrote and directed Red Scorpion, Dolph Lundgren. I also noticed a bit of trivia that he's, he's, um, he directed Lawrence Tierney in three films as well. <laughs> <laughs> that just sprung out to me because we'd recently watched Silver Bullet, so I thought, oh, Lawrence Tierney, must uh, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, a few facts we've got. So, so going into him getting the job, so he basically got the job where he, he got to founding at Cannes Film Festival so he was showing low-budget horror that he'd uh, made a snippet to uh, an Indian buyer. And uh, this American guy saw it. And um, it says his first reaction to him, he was a bit like, you know, not really sure about this because it he had tissue stuck to his face from absolutely... <laughs> nicked himself shaving. <laughs> yeah, literally battered his face with shaving and still had tissue on his face. He saw this snippet and but it was like you're great you need to be in the industry you're gonna make movies and all this kind of bullshit like typical like yank kind of Blowing producer yeah yeah i think he actually did say he had a like, big fat cigar I was, like sat just watching it so he says like uh, there's a couple of guys uh, back home they might be interested uh, in, in in this and, and and getting you involved in films. I'll give them a call. Blah de blah. So obviously he took it with a pinch of salt. But actually he got home after uh, promoting his uh, little film, and uh, it says a few weeks later he got the phone call. And um, yeah, uh, they'd seen what he had, uh, and uh, yeah, they they all says he was great. And let's make films. <laughs> so <laughs> just like that, and it was just like, yeah, this is the first type is step into directing, and uh, so they gave him like a, a go at Prowler. So that was the first of of, of these uh, films they were asking about, and uh, and yeah, so he made Prowler. They absolutely loved it, and then came to him saying, "Look, like, I think we want to offer you the next Friday the Thirteenth movie. Like, how do you feel with that?" Obviously, it was chuffed to freaking bits. Yeah. Like, you know, like major film like in a, for a major studio. From literally like just coming to Cannes and just showing a little snippet, uh, he ended up with a two-film deal like from Paramount and, and never looked back. So it was just like, yeah, this film industry was piece of cake. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how he basically got the job. And uh, also, I also found uh, between uh, 1985 and eighty six, he was actually... On to direct the Spider-Man movie that, that Canon was doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, because of uh, uh, budget, 
you know, restrictions, they uh, couldn't actually go with him, which was then where they went down the cheaper route. <laughs> and we got we got the rebirth of Albert Pion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and Cyborg. Yeah, totally. All right. So it's like, um, yeah, actually, that, it's going to be quite expensive. Yeah, so yeah, we're going to have to fire you if that's okay. <laughs> right, right. Uh, who can we go on cheap? Oh, uh, let's get. There's this Hawaiian dude over here who's pulling up trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's smashing films. Out. I think he's done five this year for Canon. Uh, yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah, get him. He'll be nice and cheap. <clears throat> He'll be appreciative of the work. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, uh, but yeah, that, he was actually um, actually going to direct the, the Spider-Man movie for Canon, uh, which notoriously fell apart. Uh, so that's uh, Joseph Zito. We then go to writer Barney Cohen. So he's he wrote the screenplay, uh, and the funny thing with this is like, so Zito was hired to direct and write this film. Uh, he actually then said, I don't write scripts. Like, I can't do this, but I know some people that can, but they were adamant. It's like, no, like, you're doing it and you're writing the script. So it was like, right, okay. And he hired Barney Cohen to do the screenplay. Yeah, he did it all secretly, didn't he? All it, they'd basically speak late at night, wouldn't they? And he'd, <laughs> he'd relay what he'd been doing just so he could go into his morning meeting and give him updates on... Or what, just pass it off. It's as like, if he's done it. You know, it's like real, real. Because I think that was kind of the deal with all these, uh, a lot of these Friday the Thirties, weren't they? Wait, if you were on board to direct it, they wanted you to write it as well. Yes, um, right. which makes sense because obviously, again, it's just a cheaper way of doing things, isn't it? <laughs> of course, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Minimise the work. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're gonna do it all. <laughs> <laughs> right, even though he's like, I've literally never wrote a script in my life. I don't care. You're hey, writing it. Yeah. Fine. You're cameraman. Cameraman as well. <laughs> yeah, just just get just get imaginative. Think of like really violent ways to kill students like, and teenagers. So, but um, so yeah, so he went through. Uh, he, he had obviously uh, a guy working with him. Uh, um, so his name was uh, Bruce Hidemi Sakao. I think that's how you pronounce it. No clue whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so he came up with the story with Zito and then there was going obviously to Barney Cohen and he was writing the screenplay it was paying Barney Cohen also with yeah. the, the money they gave him yeah. to write <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> so yeah it was just mad like, um, how it all come together it, to be fair though they've got a pretty solid template <laughs> do you know what I mean they're, yeah. not, they're not breaking any new ground in this one as, as good as the film turns out to be yeah, um, yeah they're not <laughs> No. They're not. They're not breaking it into new territory. That's saved for later, isn't it? With yeah. <laughs> when he takes on Manhattan. But, yeah, I know. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so yeah, um, that's basically how Cohen got the job uh, as writer. Uh, and previous uh, stuff, he had wrote an episode for He-Man cartoon. Uh, that was the only again standout. Uh, but that's moment. well known for it. So, so, <laughs> so it's like so when, he, so when he was approached to to write the film, and he said, "Well, I don't write the film, but I know a guy who does." He was lying, also. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. I've got he man guy. He's just, perfect for this. You wrote, you've written scripts, haven't you? So, well, I've done a bit. 
cartoon and he nothing, nothing much has been published yet. <laughs> yeah, but don't knock yourself down. This is He Man. Yeah, this is big shit, mate. Yeah, I love He Man. Uh, you're hired. And uh, so straight after Friday the 13th. He then went on to do Thundercats. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, yes. well so, can't, yeah. Yeah, Thundercats and Sabrina. All right, yeah, that's um, the uh, few episodes of the TV show and I think the TV movie. He wrote the oh, uh, screenplay to that. But also, he was a co-producer on Red Scorpion. So they, they must have been... Oh, they've been friends, yeah. yeah. Close yeah. friends. They, they bonded over Friday the 13th. Well, he probably, like, hey, re- let's do probably Red reinvested all that writing money he got stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For production credit. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, like, you know, He-Man episode, Dolph Lundgren. There's the connection. It's like, yeah. I know, just the guy to play He-Man. <laughs> Right, so like that, this is how a Master of the Universe yeah, all comes. Master of the Universe yeah. sequel, Spider-Man. Yeah, that turned out it's, to be, yeah, it's yeah. all connected to yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. This is crazy. So uh, obviously, then we will move on to just uh, the producer. So it, obviously produced by Paramount and uh, Frank Macuso Jr. He was the son of Frank Macuso Senior, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, he worked on the second and third. Uh, Friday the 13th but because the he, he basically said himself the genre was in decline and he wanted to make this the last one uh, to do other stuff uh, and, and it's funny as you say that because straight after he went on to do uh, another slasher called April Fool's Day <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah I've had enough we, of this slasher we shit need, we need a different date in the year like yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going in a different direction not Friday the theme <laughs> April the 1st yeah this is it yeah he's just a man of dates he loves his dates this guy uh, Day. Uh, best thing about it though he said this and yet he's still involved in the rest of the franchise, not only did he like then produce five and seven, also the goddamn TV series. Yeah, so we were just no. talking shit. Uh, and uh, but yeah, to be fair, he, he did end up doing a few others, like he did Internal Affairs, a respectable film with Richard Gere, Cool World. All oh, right, yeah, with Brad Pitt, the animation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of bullshit thing that That's, came um, about. That could be one for. Roger Rabbit. Two frame Roger Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, what would win? I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I saw that not long ago. Very, very strange. Uh, yeah, that is a messed up film. Uh, but uh, Species and Stigmata, so they're ah, cool right. films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a yeah, bit more respectful there. Uh, yeah, so that was Frank Mancuso Jr. Like, he's the uh, yeah, top guy at Paramount uh, in, in control of the franchise, basically. So... Yeah, so if hope goes wrong, then he's got his dad to kick him up the arse and whip him to bed. So, moving on to cast. So, there's obviously a lot of people. So, I've gone from like the main ones at best I can. Uh, so, we've got, obviously, Corey Feldman, who plays Tommy. He's, yeah, he's your well-known actor, really, isn't he? Is yeah. the, he's the well-known actor in it, I guess. <clears throat> but, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Apparently, it was a massive dickhead to work with. <laughs> you can kind of see that he's got that sort of uh... yeah, bratty, yeah, bratty sort of. <laughs> but it's his acting's brilliant. Amazing. The confidence is yeah, just that, that's his the thing, age, isn't it? Like... and he plays that age where he's not like playing it, like overplaying it or being too kiddishy. But he's not being too grown up either. But he comes up. 
across as a competent child, and it's yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, and you sort of compare a lot of child acts like McCul- Macaulay Culkin. He's kind of this. He's Macaulay Culkin in every film yes, that yeah. he's in. Yeah. Whereas like, Felt, it's yeah, slight, Felt, it's different in you know. You compare it to Goonies or Stand by Me or you know. Yeah, it's different. Know, completely different. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's different. it is. De- it definitely it's, it's a rare breed, isn't it? Yeah, for his age. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, but to be fair to him, like yeah, reading it back in, um, so a lot, a lot of the stuff that I found out for for both these films has come from like the this absolute massive bible of the franchise. Uh, it's the Crystal Lake Memories, uh, the complete history of Friday the Thirteenth. This book is incredible. If you want to know anything about the franchise, I, I highly recommend it. And there's a, a few kind of interviews uh, with. Corey Feldman in the book and during the like the making of it and stuff and also from other cast members who were working with him and to be fair uh, uh, at that time obviously before he hit megastardom um, as a child actor uh, yeah it sounded like he was having some pretty like tough times at home yeah so his his actual guardian was his granddad right um his mum um cutting it short were basically like you know milking him a bit for like fame and then she like were hitting the bottle and drugs and stuff and so like she was obviously his guardian so the guardianship that when then went to uh, his granddad and he was on set the whole time of filming <laughs> so like you know you've got this kid who's just trying to have fun and just you know be involved with like things happening but then he's like got his granddad like holding him back Rain and being him in, yeah, yeah. so yeah a lot of the cast members were like kind of take him under the wing and, and just like they, they even like the first day that the filming was actually on Halloween night and they, and they, they took him out trick or treating yeah, and so stuff I, I read that bit yeah <laughs> that they'd taken him out and there was really a sense of they were looking at him looking after him like the kid brother yeah but then he also got the guy who um who played uh jason i've forgotten his name uh, ted white yeah yeah he um he was quoted as saying that it was a it was a an annoying little shit on set but as soon as the camera started rolling so impressive his acting skill they just so professional he says so he couldn't take that away from him but yeah there were times he could have quite easily throttled him yeah, I mean, like, you can imagine, like, yeah, you know, he's being involved, like, and the, the director couldn't um, praise him enough about his professionalism because he'd already done some TV stuff and that, yeah. but, like, so, so yeah, he, he was like, you know, and, and he got the role as well purely from like he went for the audition uh, and he was a massive fan of them films as well. So right. when he finds out it was, it was Friday the 13th, so even as a little kid, I don't know, like, that just says it all. Like, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, like yeah. 11 at I the time. Them all. <laughs> <laughs> like he wanted to get involved and, and he was just like, yeah, I don't care. Like, yeah, I want to do this movie. Like, don't matter what the uh, kind of environment is or, 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 you know, the budgets or, or, or what I'll get paid. I, I want to do this movie. So Did, didn't they have reservations though because of, of his size, the way the film was going to play out and he was, like oh just give me a shot at it <laughs> he yeah. just like went for it and they're like oh yeah well it, yeah like ted white uh jason guy was he, he was as well saying like you know he's got to basically wield this machete at some point like you know near the end like it, it you know is he even gonna freaking lift it like you know cause it, <laughs> and, he, and he was just adamant it's like look i'm an actor and all this I, i'll i'll act like like i'm gonna freaking do it like you know he, he was just 
he really wanted this role art, you know. So he even claimed that when he was when he was attacking those sandbags with a machete, he was visualizing the director into Zito. Yeah. Zito saying, "Yeah, because he said <laughs> they couldn't do it because he'd get him a bit of an art time. Obviously, just pushing him, yeah. being a director, really. And hear a bit of a kid kicking back, I suppose. If he's got all that shit going on, it's understandable, isn't yeah. it? Um, but yeah, you can't fault him no. in his performance on." in this film it's brilliant no. it's a cool, cool little character as well really yeah right, was... not annoying he, he does well of not becoming that annoying little shit mm. like had it been say Corey Haim yeah <laughs> <laughs> you'd have probably like wanted Jason to decapitate the <laughs> first couple of seasons but yeah no it's really no, cool no really good yeah um, so obviously before he took the role uh, he'd He'd done like some TV stuff, and he also voiced. Uh, um, I've never seen the film, but he was a voice in the Fox and Hound Disney cartoon, which was also uh, Keith Coogan was involved with right, before yeah, yeah. Toy Soldiers. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, and and that's probably how they become quite close friends yeah. because they're quite pally even now. Uh, and obviously afterwards, like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah we, we, we know every childhood uh, film <laughs> of the 80s that you love. Like yeah, Gremlins, involved. Goonies. Yeah. So, a few facts. Like, we're going to obviously do some more Feldman stuff, so I've only <laughs> picked like a couple of bits that were quite interesting. Uh, so, the 5th Friday the 13th was actually supposed to star Feldman yeah. um, as, as the main kind of uh, antagonist, I suppose, was yeah. he? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they were going to move forward with him as maybe the next killer or something. But while he was obviously filming, he uh, was filming Goonies, and uh, Spielberg was like involved, and he was very protective of him, and he's like, you know, you're not having him like, yeah, that to whole, rewrite the whole film to give him just a small cameo instead. So they had big plans for him, but unfortunately Spielberg had like more to say with that. Yeah. Uh, because he spotted Feldman on E.T. So he actually was going to be cast as Elliot's best friend in E.T. Because of rewrites to the movie, it was getting to the point where it was just like this minute role where we weren't even going to be really in it. <clears throat> so Spielberg actually took him to one side and just like, you know, don't do this role. I've got some films lined up uh, where I want you involved in bigger roles. So he saw promises in even way no, back to ET. Imagine, yeah. getting, God, imagine getting told that at his age. Just I know. To just, no wonder he's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously he did Gremlins, which is Spielberg and Goonies, and so like, yeah, he, he really like wanted to protect him and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can so. understand. He just basically says, yeah, you, you don't need to go and do that now. No, exactly. Like, I've got some other stuff that yeah. you can <laughs> take care of. Yeah. I know. I mean, what a career, man! Like, shit, shit. So, uh, so yeah, that's a couple of cool facts about Corey Feldman. Moving on to Trish, who's his sister, like Kimberly Beck. Before it was like next to nothing, uh, and afterwards, like not much either. <laughs> and uh, there we go. <coughs> uh, but I was quite surprised where she, it says she was woman customer in Killing Zoe. Uh, Zoe, sorry, like uh, in uh, which is a Tarantino produced uh, heist movie. And she was housewife, house, house, Independence yeah. Day housewife. <laughs> Which I, I don't know what housewife because I'm, I'm trying the, to think um, the scene. Yeah, is I it the um, Will Smith's best mate? The part his 
the what the, it goes the, to uh, could Coyne be. Junior, whatever his name is. Um, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember if he had a. That's the only one. I, who no, else would it be? No, because I, it, it, surely that she'd be like much older at that point. Like, I also. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? I, I also, I also had a little giggle at um, the other bit of trivia said that she um, often mistakenly related to uh, Michael Beck from the Warriors, uh, but she's no relation at all. Just <laughs> <laughs> so what? So, so that was put in as a as a piece of trivia. Like, what about else her. can we put it? Um, yeah. Also, uh, she's not related. She's often said that she's related to Michael Beck, but she's not no, <laughs> in please, any way. Please stop referring to me as like a relation to Michael Beck. Uh, and Beck, the singer, in yeah. <laughs> yeah. no relation whatsoever. Um, David Beckham. But uh, also, it said uh, she did enough of her own stunts on this movie to actually get a stunt performers union card. Yeah. So that was quite cool. Like, so she went full into her role in this film. Also, she uh, was married to William Hilton of the Hilton Hotel Empire. So she was actually a, a, an auntie to uh, the Paris Hilton and that other fucking sister she's got, whatever <laughs> she is. That's obviously why she didn't bother with films then after. Yeah, why not? Yeah, sorted. I, I don't think it lasted too yeah. long. Like I think it was like around that period even, like right. for like oh, a, yeah. a few so, years. And, and then after that, she's like, fuck, I've got to make a movie career again. <laughs> Housewife and Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that audition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta start somewhere, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, quite a funny one here as well. Right? So uh, she moved to Australia when she was ten, and uh, she actually had a number one single in Australia for twenty six weeks, singing with her dad. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, how bad was the charts in them days? I mean, God. Well, it's good like John well, Farnham, then, isn't she? She's probably <laughs> knocked old Rolf Harris off the top of the yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. So that was just so freaking random. Uh, so, yeah, moving on, uh, we've obviously got to talk about Crispin Glover. Like, you know, he's Jimmy, another notable actor in this movie. That very nice little surprise for me watching his face. Yeah, didn't you pop know? Up. No, I'd like, not, yeah. Oh, I only knew because I was looking out for the for the dance scene that you told me about, and uh, yeah, I, I very much scene. enjoyed it. Was, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll talk oh, about it a bit. I love it so much. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice surprise. So, this was basically his first notable movie. And a year later, he was casting Back to the Future. So that's not bad going. So at least it didn't ruin his reputation, like doing a Friday the 13th film. River's Edge as well, he did. Uh, that's a really cool thriller uh, with a young Keanu Reeves. Uh, the Doors, he was in that. Gilbert Grape with Johnny Depp. Uh, really cool um, remake horror later on called Willard, where he basically controls rats and... Um, yeah, he gets bullied a lot and stuff, and he's like, right, oh, I've fucking had enough of this, and just sets rats out on killing everybody. Really cool film, though, to be fair. And, uh, and also Charlie's Angels. like So he was in yeah. um, the Charlie's Angels new films. So also, like, so a few facts. So he did the Friday the 13th because he was low on funds. So he was a struggling actor. And he was actually contemplating being a stand-up comedian. And he was working on a stand-up routine before he got this role. You can all, yeah. you can almost you can see, see that awkwardness, yeah. Yeah. especially 
American that period, the old, in that, yeah, the in that old, era. The alternate sort of period, yeah. weren't it? With the, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I can imagine, like... Um, Especially in that period, like like you say, he's like got that zaniness that yeah. is so chuffing random in here, yeah. just like this spontaneity. Like, with can I, the way unpredictable. can probably sweat on command. He looks like just awkwardness. Yeah, but Corey Feldman says like he 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 loved. Crispin Glover on set, and he, he like looked at him like he was like some sort of James Dean kind of character because oh. he had like that big quiffy yeah. hair and he had like this big trench coat and stuff in it. He says like he was just this cool guy that was just on set, and yeah, Ray looked up to him as well. He says he was mint. <laughs> A couple of uh, random facts were um, he was banned from the David Letterman show in 1987. So he come on to be interviewed, and he challenged Letterman to an arm wrestle. <laughs> he also went to do a karate kick, and just narrowly missed his face. Letterman's face. <laughs> Letterman's <laughs> face. Wow. Uh, so completely random, uh, in which they had to cut the interview short, and um, was actually then banned from from ever oh, returning such on Letterman. A character, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's an odd fellow. Yeah, he's, he's just yeah, he is though. But he, he, I saw an interview with him and stuff, and yeah, he's, yeah, he's, I don't know. He's, he's such a strange character, isn't he? You're drawn like, to he, it. Your yeah, eyes, it's, it's, you can't it's, keep it's your a, eyes off it's him. He's an enigma, isn't he? It's yeah, very, it's like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just one of them. You don't know what he's gonna do. Yeah, you think what. What makes him tick? Don't yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, all these films he's been involved in, and they're all like these kind of zany, just kind of like, yeah, they've got like a switch that's just not, you know, ready to just go into like this different direction and just, I don't know. He's it's, just... it's almost like he's directing himself in every yeah. film that I've yeah. seen him in. He's like, he's not going along with the flow of the rest of the film. He's, yeah. all, he's jarring with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, say, like, with the dance scene, like, we talk about. Like completely, just like spontaneous, like it was just done on the spot. No one had a clue that he was going to do it, uh, and apparently, in like, so they couldn't get the rights to the actual song. So he played, yeah. he played like some like ACDC or something originally. Yeah, right, we're um, um, back in black. Yeah, so he's blasts ACDC like that. And just does this random dance, like, which oh, cast just like, what the fuck's he doing? Like, and uh, yeah, and then it just just went on from there, like, yeah, that just shows him. Uh, also, he has the same birthday as Adolf Hitler. So, uh, yeah, that's Crispin Glover. There we go. <laughs> yeah, so that's basically cast and crew. That, they're the significant guys. One quick note on on one of the one of the cannon fodder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did notice a little fact about Peter Barton, so the one who plays Doug, who's one of the right. handsome drips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he uh, starred in a in a TV show that ran for a few years, but he actually beat Tom Cruise for that lead role. What? Yeah, back wow. in 1983, I think it was. Yeah. Well, that's a backhander there yeah, then, isn't it? I just thought, I believe it. Uh, saying that, though, if you look at Tom Cruise in 83, and then look at him, like... the uh, outsider's sort of stage, weren't yeah, it? Yeah, like when his, his teeth were all crooked, <laughs> it literally looked like like Austin Powers, yeah. isn't it, without <laughs> the glasses. Um, and he, yeah, he's a very yeah. quaffed um, yeah. six-pack. Oh yeah. god, yeah. I mean, he, he, he was, was also... in Baywatch, weren't he? Is, is that the one I he think... was in Baywatch? 
Uh, potentially. Yes, I think it is. Because he was um, hired like around that period for all the teen magazines. So he was doing like um, whatever the, the American chuffing like Sweet Sixteen magazine and all this yeah. bollocks. Where it's just like random models, just yeah, like just there with the shirt unbuttoned, showing a bit of yeah. bare chest, uh, hairless chest. So he, he had to take this role purely because he was too old for all that shit, and he got <laughs> sacked from it. So he was like out of work. <laughs> like, yeah, you're twenty. Like, no, you're too old. Sorry. Like, we're gonna have to get rid of you. Like, it's like, oh great, now I'm on my ass. Uh, so yeah, that was cast and crew. So before we get into the movie. We have some friends. Have a listen. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. I'm Movie Miss, one of the co-hosts of the great podcast about bad movies called Let's Talk Turkeys. Where you'll find our format is a bit different than the other talking head programs you're used to. I'm a Gen Xer. My co-host is a millennial. So we're usually on the same page, but we do occasionally agree to disagree. And we always have a good laugh. Join us as we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of cinema. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find quality podcasts. Right, so we open with Fred from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> He's giving the audience a recap of the last three Fridays. Uh, so basically, this is the campfire scene involved in the third Friday, the 13th. Fun little montage is a teenagers dying. Yeah, yeah. Of the would have taken place over the course of the previous three films. So yeah, it's quite it's quite handy actually, especially if, like from our point yeah. of view. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say like from so you obviously first watching it. So what was your first reaction to like? Well, at yeah. first I was confused because I was like I didn't fully understand that it was a recap, and I thought, wow, this is getting straight into it. But and I thought. Are they really? They've turned up to this place when he knows all this shit's gone on, and uh, yeah. So <laughs> well, it would I had a little hint to the fact that it would be that because you lent me the DVDs, Matt, and yeah. within you've obviously got the full box set, and within the the two boxes I had, one side was part three, and one side was the final. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that, actually. and so I took out part three. So I'd already watched the first recap of part three. So I watched the recap of part two. So then I was about twenty minutes in before I realised. Then I fast forwarded a bit, and I thought it'd probably be a good idea to see the end of this one. And then, so I was I was warm to the fact it's probably going to be a recap. And then, uh, yeah, and then I watched this bit. So, but it was handy. It's yeah. handy to have that. I should have said because they're not actually. It's a double sided disc, isn't it? Like, if I, is it no, it's, no, it's not. It's just my stupidity. <laughs> it's literally two discs. Like one, oh, right. it literally says the final. Oh, so um, it has got the stickers. It's got on the it. right thing. Oh, oh right. Okay. One I'm thinking a different box set. Didn't, didn't, didn't read. So literally just like, oh yeah, I'll grab this oh, one. This We're all the same. Matt will know. <laughs> oh god. Matt wants to give me a round. Like Chris is literally sat here with popcorn, listening to everything. He's like, no way did that happen. <laughs> Jesus Christ! God, I really should watch this film. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see what this film's about. Uh, edges of seat, like listening to this now. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, we uh, we've got obviously like Fred from Scooby Doo. He's um, coming out with all that, and then it cuts to like an awesome title card of Jason's mask exploding yeah. with final chapter. It's cool. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! It is proper. It is proper eighties 
explosion glitch. Oh, yeah. The only thing you were missing were like three jets flying <laughs> through it and <laughs> like fireworks. Oh, you got to hand it to like the Friday Thirteenth. Like their their credits are are pretty badass. To be fair, yeah. I love the like the title cards. So <clears throat> we then get to a crime scene, which is obviously the end of the third film. And it's very busy. I mean, this is a crime scene and there's no one taping shit off. <laughs> no. Folks no. are just walking around, <laughs> uh, just trampling over evidence. Um, but it is slashing it down, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, big time. Helicopters are flying yeah. off. <laughs> I mean, this is a busy-ass scene. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, yeah. it seems overkill. <laughs> it does, really, doesn't it? You know, uh, and, uh, yeah, there's a, an ambulance uh, which turns up. And uh, he, <laughs> I love what they're saying. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the ambulance guy just turns up, winds his window down, and uh, it's like, uh, hey, where are you needing it? Uh, and he's like, in the barn. He's like, uh, what's wrong with him? He's dead. They're all dead. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then he mumbles to his mate as if to say, like, uh, some emergency this yeah. is. Like, <laughs> Shouldn't have bothered rushing. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? You don't give two shits. Like, but also it made me laugh. Like, it was quite nice actually because, like, the, the, instead of it, like, purely then just going focusing straight on to Jason, uh, you just saw like uh, the cover just get thrown over him. So you just yeah. see like yeah. a little snippet of him on the floor, and then they like cover him with blanket. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah, they do a great job of building the suspense, don't yeah. they? All the work. Yeah, for quite. Quite yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, compared to the other films up to that, I think this is like the, kind of like the best for that, really, because um, just how they like use Jason and and, and like the build up and, and it's kind of like making the audience like want him to come back alive rather than just be like oh fuck me he's alive again. Like, yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's really cool how they've uh, worked this one. Jason then gets put into the ambulance, uh, uh, and we have a little jump scare because then Jason's hand like falls out, and the woman, who's uh, obviously the ambulance driver, yeah, is clearly a, a, a rookie. Yeah, um, a bit and jumpy. They're, and they're all yeah. He kind of rolls his eyes out. I don't yeah, know. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, just strap him up. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's no time for it. All <laughs> no. sympathy, has he? Yeah, it's his first step you've ever seen. <laughs> So emergency this is. Uh, I could have been in a car crash just down the road, goddammit. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, he's uh, basically Jason's wheeled off and uh, they then drive off to the hospital. So Jason is then taken to the morgue. And th- this is where we're met by Fackler from Police Academy. Oh, cool. yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what a freaking dweeb this guy yeah, is. Yeah, God, I knew I recognised him. It was bugging me. And I, <laughs> wow. So oh. he's the guy whose missus is like jumping on car. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, uh, yeah I'm just going to work. She's like, God, you like, right around. She's like chasing him down the road on, in a dressing gown and slippers. And oh, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's such a freaking idiot. So yeah, Fatcliff from Police Academy turns <clears> up and... He's uh, the kind of like the mortuary assistant. He's well, a bit more suave in this, in this though, isn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, well, he's yeah. obviously a hunk, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's lost uh, the glasses. Yeah. 
But he's definitely factory. Yeah, yeah, totally. God, he's such a fucking scumbag. Like, you know, God. Uh, but yeah, it is, uh, it, and it's it's the stereotype of him as well, where yeah. he, he comes in, he's like, "Hey, what have we got here?" And then he's like eating a sandwich. It's like all the films are, you know, to make it's like, "Oh, I'm not bothered about dead bodies. Look, yeah. I'm eating lunch and all this fucking shit." Uh, so he's uh, munching on a cob or some uh, sandwich. Puts it on the body, yeah. Like, while he's signing some paperwork, and it's like uh. it says something about one of the bodies as well, don't? What I can't. But it's, it's like, <laughs> but yeah, he's 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 very disrespectful, like, um, but also uh, like a, almost like a bit of a necrophiliac as well, if you like, because uh, it talks about a cute girl that's over there. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> is that the bit yeah. back? Yeah, because yeah. she's like was. He's like, no, she still is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? What? You're like what? Uh, so yeah, he's got the hots for a corpse down the like, <clears throat> bottom of the thing. And she's co- totally entertaining him though yeah. as well. As much uh, as yeah. she's as much as she's giving him like, hey, you're such a pig. Yeah, it's all playful and yeah. I exactly. mean, God, how desperate is she? I know. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, so Fackler is basically the hospital stud. Is uh, his chat well, morgue stud? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I suppose. He's chatting up like this, uh, obviously a delightful nurse. And then it was like, uh, meet me in the cold room. I'm, I'm closing up for the night. And, she, and you hear her say like, I'm not faking any more orgasms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that bit's quite quiet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's just walking it. off, isn't it? Yeah, it's so funny. It just made me laugh as you just hear a little snippet in background. So, uh, we're, but then we also get Jason as he begins to move. Then it cuts to the cold room, uh, and there's aerobics. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming it's a video. Yeah. Uh, I well, mean, it's, 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 oh, is it? Is it on the TV? Channel. It must be the 24-hour aerobics <laughs> channel. <laughs> yeah, so we get obviously Babe Station and all yeah. that type of stuff. So in the 80s, uh, they had a channel for just aerobics. And I wonder um, if they changed over. He might have got old um, Billy Blanks in his tie belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose like a similar period. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. She walks in like with aerobics playing on the TV. Um, not really like uh, like aerobics, to be fair. Uh, it's just basically just loads of like jumping around, a lot like, of gyrating, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> on all fours, gyrating. <laughs> Can't remember Jane Fonda doing much like <laughs> yeah. that on her videos, you know. So yeah, it's literally just a woman just bent over, just like just twerking a lot, weren't it? Yeah. And just thrust into the camera. So yeah, like, this is just like cementing him as just being an absolute pervert scumbag. He's, he's trying to, he's trying to provide a bit of titillation into, to get things going get by go. setting the mood. <laughs> so yeah, the nurse comes in uh, and this is where we're met with a really crappy jump scare. Um, so Fackler just, just grabs her from behind. It's like, dee dee! Like, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, I hope you're all right. Like, you know, so it was just so shit. Uh, but his, we find out his name's Axel. Uh, and, and, it, and she comes out after he makes a jump. Axel, you're a Super Bowl of self abuse. Uh, I only came in to watch the news. Super Bowl of self abuse. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard or wow. ever will hear that sentence again. So on the news, it's all about Crystal Lake murders and the nurse cheers when they mention the hospital like that he's been taken <laughs> to so they're famous yeah, yeah. Uh, and, that, and then doesn't he turn around and like nudge you hey that's you big guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh God, yeah. So it's just like more disrespect to the big man. Like you know, no wonder he gets his comeuppance. Yeah, and before you know it, they're just snogging each other's faces off. Mm. Like so, like you know, she just can't keep her hands off him. He then changes the channel back to the aerobics. <laughs> like you, just get you in the mood. Do you know? Did you see the um, that workout video? Apparently, it stars Darcy Demoss, and she went on to have a, a role in Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, six Jason lives. Oh so no! She, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, just a little. Um... No way. <laughs> they saw something in them. <laughs> yeah, 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 must have done. Yeah. <laughs> More cannon fodder. <laughs> so then we get another little bit of a glimpse of Jason. So uh, Jason's then crafty hand comes to cop a feel while they're kissing. Uh, so that that obviously then makes a scream, and then <laughs> and then she screams. Uh, I mean, this is just the worst, isn't it? So I wrote down what he comes up with. So she's like, ah! Fackler then comes up. It's like, Jesus Christmas! Holy Jesus! Goddamn Jesus jumping Christmas shit! <laughs> like, that's literally what he comes up with by just like her screaming from Jason's hand. Don't know what the fuck come out He's of got it. some inner fears about Christmas in there. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Jesus Christmas! I mean, come on! What is that shit? Holy Jesus goddamn... Jesus jumping Christmas shit. <laughs> this, they this probably is... uh, couldn't squeeze in too many swear words, so it's like, <laughs> Jesus shit, you're going to have one shit, but the rest has got to be Christmas and Jesus. Remember, yeah. this is from the guy who wrote an episode of He-Man. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, God, yeah. I wonder if he mentions like, in, in Thundercats. <laughs> Make a great after. toy for Christmas, He-Man, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, He-Man toys, Jesus. <laughs> Mattel, Mattel, uh, Mattel. Bye, Mattel. bye, bye. I got a cut. Uh, have I got a brand for you? Uh, we have got Jesus Christmas. Jesus Christmas is coming up, he man. Yeah, and uh, Holy Jesus God. Uh, fuck you, know. So, yeah, he's not happy. Uh, the nurse then uh, changes her mind. And then she, uh, this is a really wank bit of acting. She goes, uh, Hey, where are you going? Uh, I'll tell you where I'm going. I'm going crazy! Yeah. <laughs> and she zips herself up. That's another great bit of writing, actually, <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> it's just a wankest bit of acting. And then she, like, zips herself up and uh, just leaves the room. And it was just like, oh, God, like, great start. You know, <laughs> Cohen, Bradley Cohen, or whatever his freaking name is, you know, he's got a lot to uh, answer for with this <laughs> script, I tell you. So, uh, Fackler then puts Jason in storage but the door doesn't quite close. Dun, dun, dun. So, it's yeah. too lax. He's it's obviously no established he's very lax in his job, but yeah. you really need to make sure you're locking them fridges. Of course you? you do, yeah. And it's Someone just, like Jace, you know, he's obviously he's going to have known the path that what's happened before, surely. Like, well, uh, you'd be uh, a bit more... Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, up to that point, I suppose... He's, no, I, I, well, you won't really, because it's yeah, they, he, he wasn't actually caught by anybody no. so he survived and then it's yeah well, don't know that he's the killer oh yeah he knows he's people. yeah he's obviously knows that but oh, i suppose he's yeah, also, he also he's dead, dead, he? dead yeah he walks, <laughs> and works in a morgue and normally, yeah, they, normally they stay dead yeah. <laughs> at this point he's not supernatural yeah, it's, uh, that's true. probably not too fair, critical fair in point. past when he's left frigid yar yeah it? that's so fair, it, fair yeah i mean come on he's just had like a, a shed loads of dead bodies coming in and he, he just don't give two fucks he's like yeah i'm finishing a bit anyway so like yeah i'll sort that in morning problem. Like just smelling away, like can't nah, even ask poor him in Given what happens next, 
if he were to have survived, then maybe in future he'd be a bit more um, careful when yeah. closing these. Yes, exactly. Fridges. Rightly so. Because obviously it doesn't close. He sits down to watch aerobics <laughs> again. Um, whether it, I don't know whether it's something that he's thinking about for uh, a life change, you know, thinking <laughs> starting to hit the gym, something like that. One of these days, I'm going to have a go at it myself. <laughs> well, no, I think there's only one thing he's looking yeah. at working out at that yeah. point. Yeah. The, yeah. That's his right arm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this this see, this kills pretty badass. To be fair, like Jason's just had enough of his bullshit. Yeah. He slices his throat with a saw and twists his head off. Yeah. This is true Tom Savini at his best. Great uh, effect. Oh, can I, just as a side note, can I just say, I was, um, yesterday when I realised Tom Savini is, um, what's his face in? Sex Machine. Sex Machine, that's it. Sex Machine, Tom Savini. (laughs) I did the name loads and loads and seen it written and stuff and I thought, oh shit, that is him. (laughs) Yeah, it is. He was famous as a special effects guy. Yeah, he's been a stuntman and, uh, yeah. But he was actually, he got that famous in the 80s for his uh, prosthetics and makeup. That people were selling movies with his name rather than the actors. But wow. yeah, during the, uh, when yeah. he did the effects to uh, the burning, he he hit the red carpet and, and wow. there was pushing him as the main like advertisement for this movie. It's like yeah, special effects and makeup by Tom Savini, and it's just like uh, and some other guys. And like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, no mention of Fisher Stevens or anything. Like yeah, oh, what? <laughs> but no, like, yeah, that was just like awesome because obviously. Uh, he did the makeup for the first one, and yeah. when they uh, approached him for the effects, they was like, "Look, we're going to wrap this up. Who's the the right person to like see the progression of Jason uh, and design his final death, if you like, than the person that invented yeah. him?" So like, that's how they got him in, uh, and he didn't know. Obviously, then there was going to be another twenty <laughs> years <laughs> worth of other Jasons. Uh, but yeah, I suppose he got paid handsomely. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, and then we get the second kill straight from there. We get the nurse who's then stabbed with, I'm assuming a scalpel. Yes. Is it a scalpel? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, so I, think I can't think of it being anything else. No, yeah. He covers it with his massive hands. Yeah, it's small. Isn't it? <laughs> but he pushes her into the wall, doesn't he, before? And apparently he, because <laughs> he really got into it, and like he actually whacked her against the wall to start with, and then he had to like he said to himself, oh, "I've got to rein it in a little bit." Like, he really went <laughs> getting it, into character. <laughs> he probably, probably spent like they listening to old Corey Feldman, like fuck it. yeah, yeah, always getting some fucking... <laughs> aggression out. Um, so yeah, he uh, grabs the scalpel and cuts her open from freaking bottom to top I suppose isn't it like this is quite a cool scene uh we then cut to Trish and she's jogging with her mum and um this is where we get a bit of uh <laughs> shots from above <laughs> <laughs> that it's just a scary movie and then I, I... Yeah, I didn't realise really until. Uh, you didn't think I was a, a Friday, Jason? Um, thing? No, I, well, I just yeah, it just took me back to scary movie. That's all. Yeah. I, all I can think of is that uh, <laughs> that that sound is scary movie. It just made me laugh. Yeah, I love that because like, obviously it's such a famous noise for Jason. But hearing these different like you know perspectives of things and yeah, it's mint. So uh, yeah, they're jogging. They're having a, a chinwag about general mother daughter stuff, and uh, we then cut to a video game is being played, uh, and it's by Tommy, which is Corey Feldman, and he's 
wearing an alien head, <laughs> um, which is obviously one that he's designed himself. And do you know what the game and computer is he's using? Is it Gallagher or Galaxer? Chris? Is Gallagher's a, a, a game? Is it Atari? I don't no. Know. So, it's Zaxxon. Have you heard of that? Zaxxon, yeah. 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 And it's a, a C64, Commodore 64. Oh, it is a oh, C64. Yeah. Commodore 64. Yeah. That was the one above Spectrum, weren't it? Because it had yeah, a few more colours. Yeah, <laughs> I always, we make Dale Dawson used to have uh, Commodore 64. I was jealous. I know. Because it looked better. It did. Like... But then Clint had the Amstrad. Yeah, that that, that was another... The Amstrad. Were, yeah, but, but they come with a green monitor, so... It, Oh, right, all yeah. games looked they might have been a better processor but the, um, the everything looked shit so green <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I had a mate uh, Lee Overton he had a Commodore 64 and he just played Championship Manager even then yeah and uh, Cricket Manager I think yeah. was one game I mean as you can imagine like you know, still the detail my the- Commodore 64 games I had like have you got um, you got the actual yeah, machine uh, the machine, it'll be at my mum's in, in the loft. She's got... <laughs> God, she's got tre- treasure troves in that loft. Literally, literally that yeah. garage of yours yeah, needs converting awesome. into some sort yeah. of... A museum, isn't yeah. it? Just, get get just your toys off of Rosie. That that, that's it, yeah. <laughs> like, now I'm having these back now. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. Ghostbusters, the game, computer game there, and Jeez, Masters yeah. of the Universe uh, computer game. Jeff Cape's game always... Stood out for me on Commodore 64 just because it had some, it were because it world's strongest man, but it had really stupid challenges like one where you, you had to carry stuff up some steps, so you're there going like that. And if you like got the sequence wrong, you'd like drop it. Like, I think it might be shopping up steps, so it's really shit like oh, challenges. I remember California games we yeah, had for it, and that had one where it's hacky sack, yes, you just keeping up the that, hacky yes. sack and stuff, yeah, or that. world games where you're just on the doing the barrels yes. <laughs> for water. Sure good memories oh god yeah uh, so that was anyway. yeah. that <laughs> yeah, was Zaxxon yes. anyway Zaxxon uh, I think it was a big game at that time because yeah, we, we, even the, the I think Trish just Trish mentioned it yeah, I think Trish then even mentions it in the kitchen. He's like, oh, he's playing Jackson. Like, yeah, so. I, didn't spot, yeah, yeah. I didn't spot the, the actual console, though. I don't well, I had to I'd look it up. Oh, right, okay. Because I was like, right, I've got the game. So I was like, right. So around that period. So it was either, what were the two? Um, one, I, I says, uh, I typed in on Google, what's the console Corey Feldman was playing on computer? Hmm. And it came up with two things. But one that they mentioned before, I forgot what it even was now. Uh, was something that sat on top of a TV. It was like a TV built-in thing. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, and the, the other one was obviously the Commodore 64. And looking at the keyboard he had, yeah. it was massive, chunky keys yeah. and that. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah that thing. So, yeah, put two and two together. Um, and, and this is the lengths that we go to to get this trivia. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't turn any... Yeah, no, don't leave any no stone, stone unturned. unturned. Like, yeah, this is it. This is the way we go. Uh, so uh, then his mum uh, tells him to get a haircut. Also says about leaving the door open. What if a psycho walks in, <laughs> she says to him. Um, she then mentions about the next cabin uh, next to him being rented out by six people. So they're obviously living in the woods and it's literally yes. next door, yeah. isn't it? Like just this like rental cabin thing. 
Just uh, hearing you say that, I didn't hear think about it at the time, but it's a little bit of foreshadowing about him, her telling her get a haircut, like for what, oh, yeah, like without spoilers. Yeah, 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 of course. I don't think she meant that though. I like, think that's probably extreme, definitely yeah. too deep for the uh, script writer well, for He yeah. Man, but it might be. Maybe. Pouring my uh, beverage. Seems a bit weird to drop in there, otherwise. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good yeah point, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, because, like because yeah, well, it don't mean anything, does it? Why would you just say like, "Hey, get a haircut," and it's just kind of like, like "Why it's would the you say that?" Eighties hairstyle, anyway. It's yeah, like, it it's like the it mullet, was, like <laughs> it weren't covering his like, eyes or anything. Eighties mullet. He's going to be an action hero. Uh, yeah, and it's, <laughs> he's going to grow up to be in the Blob remake. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So we come then to the movies cannon fodder. We have a car full of horny teens. <laughs> Uh, we we first meet Ted and Jimmy. So we've got to Jimmy, who's obviously Crispin Glover. And we the first, like, apparently this whole scene, like that, so it's a bit controversy, not controversy, like, but controversy with myself reading from the two perspectives of the screenwriter and of the guy that plays Ted. So he's there saying, oh yeah, well, like that whole scene with the dead fuck, like we we like come up with that like uh, yeah. me and Crispin because like they gave us like freedom to like you know develop the characters and all this. Um, but then we literally get <laughs> Barney Cohen just saying like, yeah, Joe kept told me to write all this dead fuck shit and uh, I hate it. It is shit as well. I know it's, it's not like a much of a brag, is no. it? Really, is that like a, dead the fuck. ultimate scene and movie history? So all, all for these uh, these actors bigging up the part. You only get one opportunity, don't you? Even if it can be verified and. Proven to be untrue. Eh? What did yeah, you shoot the shot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, what's the character who's um, opposite um, Ted? Yeah, so he. I really recognised him, but I don't. I had a look and I couldn't see what else I knew him from. But I don't know if he's just got one of those faces or his style yeah. or probably. I, yeah, he, I think he just looks familiar to it's me. A, it's, it's, his his character it's his trait. stereotypical yeah, character, character trait. Into I think. Yeah. Was again a lot of them films had that. Yeah. Sort of that like one. a like a. Chachi or um, or what's his fa- um, from Karate Kid. So it's oh, got Ralph that look. Machio. Yeah, yeah, Ralph yeah. Machio, yeah. Ralph Machio and stuff. So yeah, it's that yeah. sort of look, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. It, it would definitely a template for for that period of like cocky teen American, weren't it? Like there was so many actors that looked very similar. So anyway, yeah, that's Ted and Jimmy. And um, the first thing we're coming to is uh, uh, Ted saying, uh, you, "You broke up with BJ Betty," uh, and uh, uh, <laughs> 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 BJ Betty. Uh, um, and then and then you get like like Jimmy coming back. He's like. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, so to speak. Uh, uh, would you lighten up on her? Like uh, she was all right. Like uh, yeah. And so you just get all this backers and forwards of, of this bullshit. With like Ted's like calling Jimmy because he split up with Bird, who's like just basically easy lay, I suppose. And uh, and Jimmy's kind of you know just being Crispin Glover, and is a bit like yeah, well, uh, I don't know what happened. So Jimmy doesn't understand why they split up. So there's obviously some reason. So then we get. Ted doing the imaginary computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me put it in my old computer. And Ted starts typing. Yeah. Like really get in and even get Jimmy like looking to see like yeah. what's gonna come up on the fucking computer. Yeah. There's nothing there. Oh, funny. I was looking for the computer screen. I thought he had like 
uh, you know, futuristic little iPad with a keyboard, <laughs> uh, you know, keyboard in there. But yeah. now it, was, it reminded me, it probably won't work for all of our listeners, but like uh, the in between us bit where it's like, oh, I got a girlfriend. Oh, Carly update. Yeah. So, yeah, Ted types an imaginary keyboard and then he basically just says, it says. You're a dead fuck. What, what do you mean, dead fuck? A lousy lay. And he, he, like, limps his hand as if to say, like, you know, he, he can't go in an erection or something. And it's like, the, the computer don't lie. And, and so then Jimmy argues the backers and forwards, basically, calling about like, this fucking dead fuck bollocks. And, uh, and then Jimmy just then, like, sits back and it's like, God, I'm horny. and and that's the scene so that's the introduction to Ted and Jimmy then we get the hitchhiker (laughs) (laughs) well uh, god that audition for that role must have been brilliant like getting all excited I've been offered to audition a chance to audition for a scene in the latest Friday the 13th 13th. wow such a bit of a guess well, apparently as well, she, um, she's actually in the interview in that book where um, she, yeah. she she actually did have to audition to yeah, to yeah. how to die, and they told her to they explained the scene and they wanted her to wriggle around and uh, do some screaming and just basically just like look like you're getting killed, and that wow. was her, her audition. Yeah, um, so yeah, she got the part. She obviously made an impression. So the hitchhiker, she has a, a sign saying Canada and love. And then they obviously drive by and shout, Hey, honey, you got a sister? So then she <laughs> spins the sign to then it shows fuck you with the middle <laughs> finger. So nice. she, she must get like She's planned for Yeah, it. she's preempting that she won't going to get many yeah. offers of a lift. Canada and love. So, yeah, uh, we then, it's obviously the third kill of the movie. She's eating a banana. Jason <laughs> stabs through a throat from behind. Uh, it's a really cool effect as well because, yeah. like, uh, the banana then it's coming out of her mouth and stuff. Mm. Uh, and uh, we also see her like squashing, she squeezes it, to, yeah. like yeah, squashes it, don't she? Yeah, she doesn't do no wriggling or writhing about. No. So no, she's just... just stabbed in the throat. So we we find that Jason. Do, do you actually know what the the real name for a phobia to bananas is? No. So this is again like I was going really deep into the thing. I was like, Jason's obviously got like a phobia for bananas. So I looked it up, and it's actually called banana phobia. <laughs> <laughs> so ah, yeah. So yeah, you could have even just sometimes put... they're just so obvious, aren't they? <laughs> I was scared to say it. <laughs> you just do a stab at it like no pun intended yeah and you could have got it right banana phobia yeah. next time phobia for bananas that's what Jason has so the teens arrive Trish Tommy and Dog Gordon oh, I think it's Gordon or oh, Gordy is it know. Gordy or Gordon because I'm sure he shouts something differently oh, Tron. Um, whether it's the dog's real name <laughs> He's like, oh shit. Gordon sounds a bit formal, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, Gordon. Hey, G- Gordon, where are you going, Gordon? Like, um, oh, no. And uh, yeah, it could be. Uh, they introduce themselves, but the mother doesn't look very happy. No, she's a bit mm. disapproving. Mm. There goes the neighborhood. Exactly. But there's also a cool story here from uh, Corey Feldman. So we've got like Samantha. Who's uh, her real name's Judy Aronson? Uh, yeah. Did you recognise her from anything quite uh, John Hughesy by any chance? No? Oh, I did. I'd... 
No, actually. Weird Science. Yeah. She's oh, one of the girlfriends in, in yeah. Weird Science. Oh, ah, yeah. I can't remember her. I'd seen that she'd been in. Judy Aronson. So, uh, yeah, she... Uh, uh, basically, like, so she took the job uh, because uh, at the time, like, she... It's quite funny. She was attached to, like, two big, really big studio films. Yeah. And they were filming at the same time. She let one go. And then, uh, unbelievably, like the, the second film that she thought was like it was actually up for Academy Awards and stuff, uh, they wanted her to change her name. <laughs> yeah, so it would be a different ethnicity, didn't they? Yeah. They've not got any. Um... So the Hungarians shit from the Society of Hispanic Actors. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so she's obviously got a tan. Yeah. Right, you know, don't know her full background. They wanted her to obviously play someone Hispanic, and there was like, "Look, you're gonna have to change your name because we're getting shit. Because why aren't we employing, uh, employing Hispanic, Hispanic actors? Actress for this role. So that's the yeah. Um, that's the way to do but it. Um, so yeah, so this is how she basically got the job. So Feldman, when it come to um, that scene, uh, Feldman. So um, obviously, like coming into it, like with the he sees her through the window and such. Like this scene in particular is where he actually sees. Uh, uh, boobies for the first yeah. time so he um he goes over he's got his dog and they're like making like all the fuss and she bends down to like stroke him and fuss the dog and, and she has no bra on uh, and she's got a quite a low cut jumper so like obviously he looks down and, and hey hey doggy and then, like obviously just sees like like an eye full of stuff uh, and, and it makes him kind of shocked and he starts stuttering <laughs> so like this the reaction in the movie is him seeing yeah, anyway. it like them boobies <laughs> first time? He's like, "Hey, oh, uh, uh, look, look at that, uh, d- like that dog." <laughs> and so he's like all stuttery stuff, like so. So yeah, that was his apparent first look at boobies, boobies. other than his mum's, I think. So yeah, uh, the next teen intros are obviously uh, then Samantha and Sarah. These are, we're obviously building like some characteristics here. So uh, I've put AKA, we've got the stereotyped slag and the stereotyped <laughs> timid virgin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and they're just having a discussion in bathroom, aren't they? Because uh, literally, the the, first, the introduction, like, it cuts straight to the scene. And it's like, I don't know how you do it. And then she replies, I don't know how you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, surely, like, like well, just getting straight into it, just like that. Both ends of the spectrum there, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's <laughs> such a bullshit scene. I mean, come on. Well, they they really had no time for worrying about what actual two teenage teen girls might have a conversation about. They've just got to present them as just up for some cock. <laughs> it. it is literally, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so yeah, that's we, all that's, anyone goes away for, isn't it? Just for a bit of pumping. Yeah. This is where she encourages her as well, and she to, to take the other room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Just don't worry, it's got it's bunk, bunk beds. beds. It's all above board and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's all fine. Thing is, with this, uh, this, uh, this movie in general, though, like obviously we get no introduction to him at all, other than that they're in a car. Yeah, uh, there's literally no chemistry with him whatsoever. But they're, I don't think you need it though, and no. I think that's what kind of works for it. Really, it's, I think. It's not a film where you, you can't you don't want to think too deeply about it. It's not one of those type of films. But they don't interact with each other other than like who's shagging who next. And, yeah, and it's like they are kind yeah, of fodder bit... though, aren't they? That's what but they're there I, I, to be. I mean, I mean as kids growing up, like you had groups of friends and yeah. it's like, Yeah, you might go away. I don't know, Alton Towers for the day. Yeah. Driving there, it's gonna be like 
hey, yeah, uh, so she didn't give me a blowjob, like, yeah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, who's shagging Sarah next? And it's like, yeah, it was just like, they're not, it, it was just, no, it's, so, it's, it's straight, there's no yeah. really cross communication no. between group couples of characters, is it? So it's like no random really, couples. Yeah, it's no like, really interacting. Yeah, I know what you're saying, you know, actually. No, yeah. But uh, like Chris said, it, I don't, it didn't seem to matter it. As I was time. watching it, I didn't think no, that. No, but now you've pointed it out, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. But really weird. There's, there's it just no... felt to me those little bits were, were all just fillers to the next yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That is what the film's about. And fair play to it, because it's kind of, like you said, stereotypes, get your stereotypes in there, get your kills in there. Yeah. That's, that's I, don't, I, that's I get it. Um, but, I mean, even in the other Fridays, there were, like, groups of friends. or, or They had, like, a purpose in some way, uh, they had a camaraderie and and there was, there was like that that had some sort of I don't know they had a connection in some way like yeah, yeah, yeah. and then this like is the the first one where they're literally just couples and it's like I don't know just one person's driving them and then before it's like no one's talking to one another it's not like you got Sarah going, uh, hey, Jimmy, like, hey, remember when we were kids and we did yeah. this and that? And it's yeah. literally, like, they no. don't and even they all, talk to one another. They all seem like they've not got anything in common. So you yeah. got, like, Crispin Glover and that other <clears throat> lad in the back of the car. They're total opposites. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you've got those two girls talking about, and they're obviously opposite. totally opposite, opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum. No one's got anything. And the other, like, two, yeah. the other two guys aren't even... She, she mentions a boyfriend, didn't she? And I was like, well, who's he? Yeah. Like, it's just like, what's it? Wait, how does it all come together? <laughs> yeah. How have you even arranged this holiday? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the point I'm making. Like, like you're obviously going for a break away for yeah. the weekend. And you just seem And none of you even up, know each other. You've seen forced upon each other. <laughs> anyway, what? what, you broke up with that girl? Like, yeah. Yeah, she's. You, you never have had sex? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me at all, do you? <laughs> Literally, isn't it? Like, you know, what's your name again? Like, like just give him a blowjob and shut the fuck up. Fucking <laughs> hell. How can you not know how to do it? <laughs> Fucking, honestly, that's the only thing that lets this film down mm. for me. Like, well, not only, but like, it's one of the main reasons. <laughs> it's, yeah, they're just literally just a bunch of strangers. Like, but anyway, uh, getting back onto that scene. So, like, they're having a talk in the bathroom. Sarah's blow drying her hair. And um, Samantha's just basically like, yeah, just fucking do it. Like, you know, I, I've lost my virginity since, um, what did she say? Sixth grade? Like, So whatever yeah, yeah, age yeah, yeah. that is, that don't sound good. It don't, no, sound, no. Like, it don't sound like the right age. Doesn't sound legal, <laughs> does it? No, because she's like, yeah, I, I kind of like, you've got a reputation. and I don't really have a reputation. It's like, what? So you want to shag blokes just so you get some yeah. reputation around school? I mean, fuck's sake. Uh, and then this is like, yeah, um, I'll give you the bunk beds. <laughs> Honestly, it's just fucking hell. It's just blows my mind. Oh, it's such a wank scene. Um, so we then get uh, Tommy. He wakes up and sees Sam making out uh, with uh, a guy we've not even seen yet, basically. He's just, uh, he, he turned up with the car. And we, we don't even really know like who this guy is. Like, you know, She spoke about him and then it's like, oh, yeah, some blokes walking in. And obviously, Corey Feldman's very excited, isn't he? Like, as yeah. a kid yeah. would be. Yeah, looking that's good. It's, again, I thought that were a good scene. It's not too, it's not too cringy, and it literally embodies me as Hell his yeah. age. Yeah, mm-hmm. how you'd a bit. Like, <laughs> he literally so can't excited. contain himself at yeah. all, can he? No. <laughs> can you imagine that waking yeah, up and yeah. then just like, what the fuck? Oh god, they, they're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I was a bit disappointed in pull out some binoculars from what I thought they did. But I suppose because it's all oh, a telescope, not flight of the navigator style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> old man's sex room with yeah. silk robe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, like when I was watching it as well, like because it was showing the angles, it was just like. He, like they're really like doing this in front of him, like yeah, you know, because you can see the top of his head moving back. So it's it's like God, this is fucked up, isn't it? Like where you've got like this director, it's like yeah, it's all right, yeah, yeah. You guys just crack on, like you know, it's, it's like eleven, and that none of them really like are giving a shit about. A lot. Of, see, I did read a lot of the scenes. They did try and shield him from it, but. Yeah, because you could imagine not that could, one. Because no, that no. was written in for him uh, to yeah. see for real. Oh. Uh, right, I yeah. was going to say you could you could easily do it or with camera they, angles. They you? might have just put they might have just put just a blanket privacy up. blanket. because yeah. <laughs> that, that was the the story that come up yeah. like because he says the first time I was going to see like women's breasts was, was that, that wow, scene, God. and then he says, but it was actually when she bent down to stroke the dog. Oh, so that probably hit so it was really. like what the fuck. <laughs> Why was you right scene? Yeah, this is where Corey, uh, you're going to see like grown people uh, have sex. Right, is that okay? <laughs> yeah, you'll be all right. You'll get over it. Up to a point, though, because yeah. his mum does rudely barge in and yeah, check yeah. his sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and again, that was quite. It's a, it's a quite a cool little like character scene, isn't it? Like you know, he's like just a cheeky little kid, and he's like you know, oh, yeah, boobies, like yeah, as you would. Um, so he, he like pretends to be asleep as his mum walks in. So she clock no, but she does clock what's going on over there. So yeah. she. Annoyingly shuts curtains as well, doesn't she? She does. She has to shield his eyes. Uh, We then get teens. So they've they've got up in the morning. Just one, just one quick aside. Uh, I wonder if Phil. Corey Feldman's granddad um, looked away or if he just stayed there going, oh, come on, come on, come Because oh, he's always on set, weren't he? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I better just check this out. Just yeah. make like, so yeah, do, do the you, first run. Yeah. Let's see yeah. how it goes. I'm not sure. How it is. Quite, try again. <laughs> yeah, just double check. Just make sure it's okay for Corey. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't mind me. Like, I'm just, I'm in the, <laughs> not here. In the background. I'm invisible. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are doing great. So we've got the group. They're walking now through the woods. And we've got Jimmy. Uh, again, he's moaning about this fucking Betty. And Ted calls him a fucking dead fuck. Dead fuck again. again. Drops his hand to, <laughs> to his zipper, doesn't he? Oh, no, that's later oh, on. Oh, that Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, they're just oh. talking about dead fucks at this moment. Oh, okay. and, and already I'm fed up with him saying it. Yeah, right. he's killing it. And they they <laughs> bump into some twins on bikes. Yeah. <laughs> this whole scene is just so fucking random. Just, yeah. Because you've got these twins, they're, they're just like, mind your own business, walking in, right, on, well, on the Biking bikes. Were they it, pushing yeah. the bikes? Were they riding the bikes? I can't remember. And it's like, hey, uh, you guys going to the river? And it's like, um, yeah, do you know where it is? And it's like, yeah. So it's like, yeah, we'll take you. As you do, yeah. like, and then Sarah then comes round and she's like, uh, "Yeah, uh, I think I'm just gonna go back to the car." Like, she yeah. walked, fuck knows how far, yeah. and then turns around, like, "Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna head back to the car." And it's like, "Why?" Like, it's just no, so random, no, it's, it makes no sense. Yeah. 
on her own for yeah, literally no reason. So then we get the twins like just tagging along with these complete strangers like group, and obviously you've got Ted. Uh, he's basically just fucking got blood pouring out of his tab holes with his erection. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's like yeah, fuck, I'm gonna like get laid and all this shit. So as Sarah starts walking, um, it's all a bit like creepy and stuff, but at the same time, it literally just makes no sense. So then we cut to the lake scene. Everyone's just stripping off, going skinny dipping. Yeah, got no suits. Yeah. Ted is beyond excited at this point because when he notices that the twins are just stripping off, he's like, hey, come on, guys, let's jump in. Uh, I mean, I don't know. They're obviously slappers. Meeting complete strangers, stripping off to absolutely nothing and um, just, yeah, just enticing them to come on to him, really. Uh, And, uh, yeah, Ted is just loving it. Jimmy, uh, not so much, because they, they, they say, hey, coming in. He's like, oh, we ain't got no swims, bro. <laughs> Ted's like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, it's like, just go along with it. So, yeah, Jimmy, he's he's just literally just stood there, just looking on. Uh, then Dead we, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, we're getting a bit more about his nickname, you know. Like, they're enticing him in, and he's just like, we, we, we ain't got no swimwear. Trish and Tommy then turn up, and the the teens don't really seem bothered. Uh, and I'm glad about this actually, because like I, I literally thought they, they they were just cracking on with like being nude in front of like a juvenile, uh, but it it was actually filmed like without them being yeah. there. Right, mm. So that, I'm glad about that. And Corey Feldman, to be fair, he says where when they was looking at filming it, <laughs> the producer Frank Macuso actually like shielded him away and grabbed him and was like, Take the kid away. <laughs> yeah. He knew exactly what the scene was. Uh, these aren't for like young eyes, basically. So I'm, I'm glad they shielded him from that at least. You know, I read a bit Joe you know, speaking about those twins and obviously this scene they're all they're very they seem to be exhibitionists. Well it, one of the cause the actual twin sisters in real life. One of the sisters had auditioned for the job, and she was had severe reservations about having to show any flesh, weren't she? And the proper like press ganged her into doing it. To her sister who's a bit more promiscuous, it only because her sister's a little bit more promiscuous and open with it that um, she agreed to do the nude scenes at all, weren't she? Because she didn't want to do no. it. No, and they were like, "Well, bad, isn't it?" Well, that well that was one of the. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know if it's like because like Joe Zito obviously says, um, going into this movie, he wanted to make it different to all the others, trying new things. So that's why he obviously had like a child as one of the main characters and, and having this family connection and blah, blah blah, not just a load of teen cannon fodder. Uh, he, he says, So I wanted to like, oh, let's get some twins in and let's do this and let's do that. And so when she auditioned, she actually auditioned for the main role of Trish, right? Okay. Uh, and when on the CV they realised like because uh, in America apparently if you're a twin and you've been in the acting business there's this thing called double mint adverts which right. was a big thing apparently uh, they saw that she'd done a double mint advert and it's like what you've got a twin uh, um, and she says it was it was like I don't know they've discovered fucking like gold in like the desert or something yeah. like you know there was like you know, knowing she's got a twin, there was like, oh, can uh, uh, get her in? Like, yeah, yeah, let's get her into the film. I, I can write a role for her. And the, the, so they literally like... That's the role they wrote. Yeah, <laughs> like, they literally wrote... Her sister weren't even getting bothered yeah. into acting. 
it was only like that one sister and she came to her and she was like oh yeah i think the uh, yeah they're interested but like do you fancy doing like a small part and and she had no acting background so she was like oh, oh all right then uh, yeah <laughs> this says oh that's gate it, sir. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do I? <laughs> All right, yeah, so she, so the, the, obviously the, the main one had the, the bigger role and she says, like, I was on set and she said, maybe I should have took it a bit more serious, but she had, like, all these serious actors like Crispin Glover and all yeah. that, like, practicing for the role and she was just sat there and I think she only had, like, one sentence, like, in the whole movie. Yeah. And, uh, and and the director was just shouting out, like, right, you need to say this now. And she just replied and uh, uh, said the line. And that rich she said, like, I couldn't carry chuffer, like, what? <laughs> so that's why she's literally just in this film, just just fanning around, like, while her sister's, like, upstairs, like, getting a leg over. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but she says, like, once they knew she was a twin, they, they just, they were like, they were fucking ecstasy on oh, for it. You know what I mean? They were going crazy for it. Yeah, that's how they basically got the role. Uh, so we then get Tommy and Trish going back into the car. Um, so, obviously, like, Tommy, he's had a walk down, seeing that there's some, like, uh, skinny dipping. Um, so Trish turns him round. Right, we're going. Uh, so they get back into the car, and he comes out with this cracking quote, some pack of Petruzzi's on them, huh? <laughs> so uh, any American listeners out there, like, what's a Petruzzi? I have no idea. Never heard no. it before, and still to this day. Yeah, answers on a postcard, please. <laughs> Prizes some for pack yeah. of Petruzzi's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want, I want postcards. <laughs> Spend some money on them goddamn stamps. The car breaks down, and then Tom, Tommy then turns into me a mechanic. Yeah. Like he, he literally gets out the car, don't he? And there's uh, then out of nowhere a hitchhiker. Well, we have, yeah, all he needs we is get, a screwdriver. We get so, that the ominous sight of the boots. So we got just before the hitch the earlier hitchhiker death, the in, the indication that someone else was there was a shot of Jason's boots, and then mm. we get prior before this reveal, we get a scene of some boots that look quite similar to Jason's, but it's not. <laughs> Well, He's trying, I don't... To, trying to make us think that, uh oh, Jason's waiting there, or is he there? And we don't, he never reveals himself because the other what guy turns up. I don't know. I was hoping is so. Is this character like from carried forward from previous films? Well, or... it, it, at this point, like, you mean the hitchhiker? Yeah, yeah. We so at, at this point, we don't know who he is, and he does explain later. But the, with the boots, I, I looked at his legs. They're nothing like like the close up of his I boots. So I'm like, oh, so is Jason actually there? And this guy is just like some hitchhiker yeah. that's turned up. It so that's uh, so we'll never know. Uh, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Dave. I think like, Jason is Jason isn't backwards in coming forward either. No. You'd not be normally put off by the fact that there's three people to murder. It <laughs> no. fancies chances still, aren't it? Yeah, but, totally. But maybe it was just. Yeah, I can't be bothered with this nah, shit. Too, They're uh, not shagging. Doing too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too <laughs> easy. I've been walking a lot. I'm fucking fed up with this. I'm going to get a bite to eat. We, like you say, we've seen some boots, and then we get a, like a bit of a crappy jump scare, I suppose, where the hitchhiker turns up out of nowhere, uh, and he's like, hey, uh, you need some help? And then he's like helping, um, like, he's like talking to, to like Corey Feldman, like you know, Tommy, about what he's been doing. And then he gets 
Is it? Uh, he gets a knife out. No, he well, says, all, he says all, all he needs is a screwdriver. Yeah, all I need is he a said, screwdriver. Yeah. And he oh gets right. This big knife yeah. out. He, that's all. He could have fixed it. Tommy could have fixed it. If he oh, had a screwdriver. Okay. Uh, but he flicks his knife. Right. It's like crocodile Dundee style. I'll give you a knife. Works as a screwdriver. <laughs> and he like just puts it over some random parted engine yeah, and with some sparks flying. Yeah, exactly. So like, does anybody what, know what he did with that what knife? What a screwdriver would have made any difference to that, that this knife was able to. Well, it did something. Yeah. Like, because it was like, yeah, start it up. And she's there going, <laughs> and then sparks are flying on this knife. And then it starts first time. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck he put his knife on? I don't know. And um, and then she she's like, oh yeah, thanks. Want a lift? Like so, some some random strange guy uh, she with was, a knife. She was a fan. <laughs> yeah, she was a big fan. Yeah, I think there was some hidden oh, yeah, agenda. Yeah, she would do eyes yeah, for him as soon as it turned. Oh god, what well, it didn't Hop really. In. <laughs> hey, want a lift? Um, what are you doing later? <laughs> don't even say where he's going, but she's yeah. just going to take him wherever anyway. Um, hunting, Canada and love. It says hunting bears. Yeah, yeah. So bears around here. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, yeah. Cryptic. You won't find no bears there. I think I think they get confused like where they like where they're filmed in real life to where it's actually based like in the movie. Um, so yes, um, in the journey he is basically like saying that he's hunting. So like we've just mentioned that, yeah. and he asks. Um, if there's any teens at the lake. Yeah, that's again. That's yeah, like, what so a question. <laughs> so you're a hunter, uh, uh, but what kind of yes. hunter? Predator. Yeah, uh, yeah, more very vague. Predator, like, though. yeah, you seen any teens around anywhere? <laughs> or and she's like, yeah, there was some over in the lake. Stranger and, danger. <laughs> uh, but she's still battering island. Like, just no. you don't hear screeching and brakes. Like, get the fuck out of the <laughs> yeah. car. Like, you've got a knife in your boot. Like. So um, <laughs> they're at the lake, and uh, and then then he asks, "Where are they staying?" So it's not only as he's like, yeah. "Have you seen any teens?" Oh, yeah, uh, where are they staying? Or like, yeah, and she's like, just a blight. It's like, oh yeah, yeah it's it's, uh, right across from us, just this cabin. Yeah, I'll take you. They won't last the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's don't batter a fucking island. Like, God, how horny is this fucking girl? Like. <laughs> I mean, she has been living in the woods for a while, I suppose, with just a mum and a little brother. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So you're climbing one. She clearly weren't impressed with any of them that showed up no. <laughs> next no. door. So. No. So, yeah, literally, like, uh, we we cut to her getting home. Um, yeah, this is our house. Come in. Like, to a complete stranger. <laughs> uh, mum's like, uh, uh, um... Oh, uh, who's who's your friend? Like, you know, it's who looks in his thirties, by the way. Yeah, well. it's not a young man, is it? It's not. Yeah, is is like you say, is is like quite um, quite chiselled, quite travelled. Like, yeah. you know, he's you know, he's, he's, he's obviously got uh, some years behind him, and and they're just happily letting him into the house. Um, that you can believe why the the mum is a little bit startled. Who the fuck's this strange guy walking into our home? Uh, and uh, then Tommy then just takes him into his room. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, come upstairs. Let me show you these. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and literally looks like a movie prop department. It is, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, made from industry standard materials. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's just a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, at that time when the film came out, it was, like you said, cutting edge 
really. Like, you wouldn't ever assume that a little lad would be <laughs> 11 able to do that in his own home. <laughs> well, they come, he gets the magazine every month, $1.99, <laughs> oh, and you get the parts. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Put your own mask, first three and $1.99, then it's. Eighteen ninety nine to the rest of the subscription. It's crazy, honestly. It's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a few things we're working on. Yeah, just used a few like uh, pine cones from outside and yeah. a few cereal boxes. <laughs> like, you know, uh, and, yeah, they look alright, don't they? <laughs> That's like something of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, what's that? <laughs> Been living in the woods for the last ten years. Like, yeah, right. now I just like to make uh, models out of. Uh, uh, egg, egg boxes, and fucking old tin cans. A fine line around. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, it's so bullshit. That's, so that's um, how I do exactly. <clears throat> um, then it's it's party time. All right, so we have party time now. I've wrote. Uh, Jimmy goes all out at George McFly. This is so George McFly. Just uh, I can see why he got hired. For, yes. Probably from the scene this alone. Is the yeah. scene. Yes. God, he is awesome. I got. I just love Crispin Glover so much. <clears throat> yeah, and it goes over to the girl, and he's like, uh, hey, hey, do, do, "Do kids dance?" Uh, yeah. So this is where he's like all full blown George McFly, uh, and he then slaps on "Lion." Love is a lie. And then belts out this this fucking dance, and I've described it as someone trying to solve a Rubik's cube while being attacked by a swarm of wasps. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I can describe it as. Like uh, literally, it's got to be seen to be believed, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you've got to look it up, get it on YouTube. Like uh, this, it's this girl's like just swinging her hips, like just like a. Yeah, like an anti at a wedding, and and then he's going like full blown fucking just psycho with his hands and he's flipping his hair about and he's like, you know, yeah, banging. Honestly, it's well, just... proper breaking character as well. Like you say, like Chris was saying earlier, it's as if he directs mm. his own movie because that's not we were being led that is a is a awkward, unassuming, yeah, awkward. He'd be small. It it'd make more sense if he was sort of swaying yeah. slightly side by side, but he was yeah, like, no, he just went totally like, mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never ever seen anyone dance like that ever to no. this day. Uh, it's the most random scene I've ever seen. Uh, when it comes to movie dancing, yeah, full credit to him. Like, you know, completely ablibbed. Like, he was just feeling the moment. Yeah. Um, Even if probably... you don't, if you don't watch the film, just YouTube that dance. Like, <laughs> yeah. check that out. It's probably all done unironically as well. Oh yeah. And every bit. Oh no, it. He, it, that would have been full character acting. This yeah. is what that character. Yeah, you could imagine him be like, yes, channeled, <clears throat> channeled the character. <laughs> so uh, yeah, then Paul. So Paul, like this is. This is Paul. Yeah, we've this, not been introduced we've not to him at all. Is so, he the one with the cat? Welcome to Paul. <laughs> this is Paul. This is Sam's boyfriend. Like We've seen him at a distance making out with it. Um, and literally, that's about it, I yeah, think, isn't it? Like, is it? Um, so he has some words to say as well. Like, so he comes and swaps the music um, uh, into a bit of a slow swing type uh, yeah. shift, isn't it? So like from going from ACDC, uh, he's gone to a bit of like, you know, like Frank Sinatra and a bit, yeah. of, like, a bit of swing band, anti. Uh, yeah, he, he wants to impress the ladies. So Ted then <laughs> basically attacks the other twin. Like this is what I wrote here. <laughs> so he's, he's he's calling himself Teddy Bear. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he's got 
like a, a teddy bear on the settee. Yeah. She gets up and then starts flirting with Paul. He's all for it. Yeah, right. yeah, he's not yeah, not perturbed not, at all at this point. He's thinking, even the fact that she's still in the room. Yep. Like Paul, so it's, yeah. so like literally, like they've, they've just had a slow dance. Yeah. <laughs> so you go. Don't you say something like, mind if I, do you mind? She looks her in the face. One of the twins looks her in the face and goes, do you mind? Yeah, don't she? She says something like, oh, I'm just going to get a drink. And, yeah. And and so, like, he's like, she's kind of flirting with yeah. Paul. He's, like, having like all of it. He's like, uh, yeah. oh, yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah, she's wanting to meet. Uh, he's just being slow dancing and such. Uh, and then um, then Sam comes back. Uh, uh, and then they go back to, like, slow dancing. So, like, he's been flirting with the twin. Uh, he's well up for it. Sam comes back. He's like, yeah, see you later. So uh, then we see Trish. Trish, uh, tr- she's trying to crack off with the stranger, the hitchhiker. Uh, so this is just a small little scene. It, it, so it's gone from the party and it cuts to Trish. She's flirting like fuck with a stranger. And, and I've never seen a guy so disinterested. Like, you know, she's trying her hardest and uh, he's just not really that bothered. Uh, you know, so then it cuts back to the party and we get Ted again and he's he's calling Jimmy a dead fuck again. I mean, for fuck's sake. Oh, it's a shit joke. It's shit. Yeah. It's shit it wasn't jumping. that funny like no. the first 10 times. Uh, this, so yeah. Um, and then you get Jimmy, he's like, I, I told you, I don't like being called that. And so then, then we see Paul, he's cracking off with then uh, Ted's twin so the girl that was flirting with yep. him right, so I don't know these names of the twins because I don't think they ever really get mentioned uh, Tina and I don't know which is which no, I can't. It's Tina and Terry that's how they so I've literally gone with Ted's twin so this is the twin that was sat with the teddy bear Paul's cracking off with her now uh, and Ted says that he's going to kill him <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so again, this is him raging out with, like, with all this kind of built-up sexual driving, and just it's like you know, he's like a full-blown rapist or well, something. Well, I'm isn't he? starting it's getting scary now. I'm starting to question his actual sexual prowess, and, and yeah, I think he's all it's a talk. bit overconfident, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost like him out of uh, out of the blob, isn't he? I can yeah. imagine yeah. with That's that what car. I, the similar. Yeah. It looks yeah, a little similar. Same, yeah. Similar look and obviously similar character. Yeah. So, yeah, Ted says he's going to kill him. And then Jimmy tells him, why don't you run it through your computer? <laughs> like, because like, Ted's... Nice. It was a nice put down. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, better than Deadfall. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, so Jimmy's getting all the action. Ted's getting none. All right, so uh, Ted, uh, J- Jimmy literally doesn't have to listen to Ted ever again. So then uh, we get Sam and... She sees Paul, who's doing a lot of flirting, and he, Sam's there, literally like looking at him. And she could—he uh, couldn't carry chuff. She turns around and she's like, "Oh, I'm going for a swim." So she just walks out and goes for like one of those uh, stereotypical swims that you go in slasher movies at night time yeah. in a lake. Nice and in relaxing, the pitch black swim. <laughs> I can't think of anything before, yeah. worse. I mean, seriously, like, do you know anybody that's ever done that? No, ever? I'd hate to do that. It's. I mean, why is this a thing in slasher films? It. 
I'd understand if it was something that might happen in real life. I've never known anybody go skinny dipping in some random lake in the woods when it's like freezing cold. Well, you wouldn't do it. Imagine swimming in black water. It's well, so scary, you, isn't it? You wouldn't do it in the UK anyway. It's only <laughs> it's it's so only recently that a lot of the rivers and lakes have been cleared by all the toxins and algae. They're like green <laughs> skin. Now? <laughs> I didn't know. No, I think cleared. it started to <laughs> be pumping more toxic waste. Yeah, before. I thought we'd double our efforts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I, I I just don't get it myself. So, but she's got in a huff as well, sort of like expecting yeah. he's going to come storming out after him. Yeah, she's, that's that's what he should be doing. Well, well this is again again the thing with um, so Samantha's obviously the movie slag, and so uh, so she's got Paul, and uh, yeah, she's been with him a while, and uh, then all of a sudden, yeah, he's just cracking off some other bird. Um, now she's gone for a skinny dip, as and you as you do, as you do. Uh, yeah, so she she's quite relaxed because like, normally if this was like a bird round where we were, she'd be like giving her some fucking fish. Oh yeah, she'd yeah, have had a cheer mean, round yeah. side of Ed, wouldn't she? Yeah. They wouldn't have been storming off to be like, right, you slag. Yeah. Slag there'd be a lot of hair pulling. Hair pulling, yeah. Pulling, he, yeah, he yeah. Like, there'd be some VK blues getting smashed right Ed. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, uh, yeah, you know I mean, it's just uh, Mansfield birds. Yeah. yeah no, she takes it, she takes it what, far too competent. <laughs> but then, to, like say, I'm, I thought she was just saying it was an empty threat. Yeah, I'm going for a swim. Like, think, yeah, I'm going to stand yeah. outside, huff and puff, wait for him to come out. But yeah. now she literally goes full hog, yeah. did not she? That, yeah, I, I, again, that's something else I've never thought of, of like just going on my own to strip naked and swim. Like, and know. also, we established earlier on that the lake's quite a walk, apparently. Because they were struggling to find it earlier, yeah. earlier on in the film. Yeah, what? Well, that's the first time you thought of that. Like, for all the walking they did, they've got one literally right next to them. <laughs> like, why walk so far when you've got a lovely little lake with a, even a boat in it? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Good point. So, yeah, uh, this is the uh, obligatory skinny dip at the night scene. She goes into the lake and jumps into the rubber dinghy. And this is the fourth kill. So, Jason jumps out. How the fuck? This whole death scene makes no sense. Jason jumps out of the water and stabs her through the boat. Yeah. As she's laying, like, chest down, he puts his hand, like, from underneath... As, and the knife goes through the boat and then through her whole body and it sticks comes, out of back. Sticks yeah. out of back. So, um, in a rubber dinghy. I've actually got a good story about this scene and it involves Ted White, who plays Jason. Yeah. So, when they're coming to film this scene, it was it was quite bad actually. So, uh, so Judy Aronson, who plays Sam, she actually nearly froze to death. Uh, I mean, you've probably heard it, right? But yeah. Um, so how they filmed it so there was a hole in the boat so from like a torso like her hips down her feet were dangling in the water they had a, like obviously a prosthetic body uh, for Jason to sp- spike through so like half her body was dangling in freezing cold water this was filmed in December as well yeah. so it, the water was <laughs> yeah. absolutely freezing and, and again this is a story that, not just for this movie but the whole like, a lot of the franchise so, for some reason, these movies were always filmed at, like, the end of the year. And the, the, the conditions were just horrendous for the actors. They were, like, freezing cold uh, uh, for, for a lot of the time. And, obviously, there's a lot of water involved as well. Yeah. So, they, they were just, like, on rubbish money. 
so she was obviously uh, it took him several takes and it come to like the fifth take and she's there dangling in water and she's like you know can i get out because i'm, I'm freezing here and uh, joe zito's like oh no like you know we're, we're nearly there now you know just keep keep going so <laughs> ted white the, the who played jason so he he's like a grufty guy so he's literally been a stunt double for John Wayne, like mm. says I was stunt double for John Wayne for thirty years. Yeah. Like he's like a rancher, is a cowboy, he's like yeah. hard as fucking. Um, so he's an experienced stuntman, and and he got he was just pissed off, and he was like, right, like stop this now, get her out the fucking water, like because like you know she's gonna freeze to death, and he he laid into the director Joe Zito, just saying like these conditions are just horrific, like they don't give a fuck about the actors. Because again, the, the nobodies, yeah. You know, so the, he says some of them won like five hundred dollars a day. Yeah, uh, you know the budget's like two million or whatever. So and the, they're not going to necessarily shout up about it like he would for the, on their behalf, would he? So, yeah. It, yeah. It, so he, he stood up for him, and, and he was just like, right, you get her out of the water or a fucking walk. Like yeah. that was basically the scenario. So they got her out. Otherwise, she was literally going to like freeze to death. Su- she did suffer with hypothermia from it. Yeah. It? yeah God. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and that was just for that one scene. Um, so, yeah, enough respect to the guy. Uh, yeah, we, uh, and he says that from then on, uh, he and uh, Joe Zito didn't see eye to eye. <laughs> uh, but but it, it sounds of it like the conditions were just horrific for the actors. Uh, for some of these night scenes and 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 it's throughout the franchise like i say so then we cut to paul who's found some remorse so like the the twin went to have a go at him and he was like no actually i I don't feel don't feel right Uh, i'm sorry i'm i'm gonna leave now (laughs) so he left went looking for sam this is where like so that uh, he goes out then ted's twin is now cracking off with Jimmy. <laughs> so she's doing the rounds. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm not sure who's who still because they yeah. are identical. Yeah, I gave up on that. <laughs> yeah, keeping yeah. track. Exactly. I think the one with the most lines was, I think, the one doing the most flirting, to be fair. Like, so if there's one that's the most static who don't really say anything, that's the one that didn't really want to be there. So I've put Ted's twin is uh, cracking off with Jimmy, and they go upstairs. So, yeah, uh, good for him. Uh, he's managed to crack off somebody. Then we get Ted. He's actually ready to actually assault somebody now. So <laughs> he's, like, getting more and more angry at the knockbacks. Like, you know, it's, like, it's getting quite, like, to a point where, you know, like, if he was actually left alone with somebody, like, you know, God knows what would happen. You know, it's getting a bit freaking too much for yeah. this Ted guy. So we cut to them. Paul, he goes into the lake and he sees Sam's kind of dead body there. So like he, he gets in, he sees her on the on the dinghy uh, and she's not really moving. He, he goes over, sees that she's dead. And then obviously then he becomes the body of number five. He gets a harpoon gun through the gut, um, which the scream alerts the strange guy. Uh, so the hitchhiker who's actually in the woods. He's uh, set up camp because yeah. I think he was getting a bit creeped out by Trish, it looks of it. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'll be safer in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, that old Tommy. Right, we, 
bit worried uh, about Tommy yeah. wanted to. Yeah, he could top and tail in my bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you my new dad. I've got my puppets to show you. <laughs> I know, can you imagine? It's like, yeah, you come across it, he's quite creepy, but then you've got like sexually obsessed girl and then like puppet, creepy puppet hand, boy. Puppet, hand puppet prosthetics kid just crying out for a male figure in his father yeah. yeah. figure are you my life. daddy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he's like yeah well yeah I'm fine hey, run your hot bath no I'll camp outside yeah, I'm fine. here for the bears <laughs> um, thanks for your hospitality yeah. been great this to meet you all <laughs> um so yeah, um, so he hears the scream. He then grabs his machete. <laughs> so he's got a fucking machete, not only a knife in his boot, a machete, and then investigates. He sees uh, Jason then go into his tent. So so he's gone out of his tent, he's heard the scream, and he's like kind of looking about. And as he turns back, he sees Jason like going around his campsite. So... <laughs> He hides behind a bush, <laughs> as you would. Because uh, if you saw someone like him roaming around with a hockey yeah. mask, you'd be, like, be pure shitting yourself, wouldn't you, to be fair? I don't, it don't show you exactly what he does, but then as he makes his way back into the tent, he notices that Jason smashed up his gun and everything. Yeah. Like, you know, so, oh, what a petty fucker. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, come on. Like, He's oh, superhuman you... and keep yeah. riding from the dead. Give him come a on, chance. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's such a weak smash it up as well it's uh, like <laughs> yeah. so like, like <laughs> the uh, barrels a little yeah. bit um, like chewed, chewed, it. Like chewed, it, off chewed wood, it off wooden bit as well. yeah, like, yeah, it's not proper like slapped it over his knee and it. it round and put a hoop in it or something <laughs> use your superhuman strength and he's just gone uh, 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 and just yeah, like snapped like, over his knee I'll true. show you crumbled it a little bit so yeah he's um so he smashed up his gun and screwed up his map. Oh, yeah, yeah I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> so he's got it. He's like, God damn it. I've not even ripped it, just screwed it. <laughs> screwed it up. It's like, oh, come on, Jason. Oh, you can do better than you that. creased it now. <laughs> I can't see where I'm going for shit. Oh, mate. Oh, you've let us down. So, uh, yeah, so Jimmy's uh, getting his leg over. And uh, then Ted finds antique porn reel. Yeah. Oh, he loves that. Yeah. Which uh, he watches it. He puts it on with the rest of him, of as you do. He's like, "Hey guys, look at this! Ha 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 ha! Yeah, it's antique porn." Well, yeah, he laughs for about an hour solid. Yeah. <laughs> and we do get we get a glimpse of the other man who we've not noticed. Oh, about, but he is, uh, yeah, he's a hit with the lady. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, um, we get to him in a bit. So uh, yeah, all of a sudden, Sarah's fella turns up right, which we haven't really seen a lot of at this point um, the other twin she's had enough and she leaves and she becomes the next victim so she's impaled with a large bit of wood right? I mean it's, it's massive fucking how you froze it it's like literally impaled with a tree trunk isn't it it's like massive yeah, and she, she's going outside it's pissing it down with rain she's going on a bicycle and she's like right I've had enough I'm going home uh, and then she just gets battered with a tree trunk. So, um. She literally just called her sister a slag and says, <laughs> I'm going home. I know. Like, I'm, going I'm not waiting for you. <laughs> It's, it's like real life as well. Yeah, isn't it's it? like the piss now. I've been, yeah. I've been hanging about. It's like, I don't even want to be in this fucking film. Like, yeah, you know, like, you're there, getting your leg over. And like, oh, sod this. So, next for Crystal Lake's very own red light district is Poundland Jared Leto. 
Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, they were the vibes that he was giving me. All right, so very chiselled again, yeah. into we're well quaffed here. Yeah, he's, he's got he's got nice features and he's got lovely hair. So sorry, she starts uh, seducing him and uh, <laughs> seducing. Is, uh, well, it, it's sexy looked, talk it's about more, a bunk bed, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> She's not very subtle, is she? <laughs> no. He's like, hey, uh, do you want to like join me in the bottom bunk? No, do you want the bottom <laughs> bunk? Do you, do you want to get the top? No. I'll meet you upstairs. And, and, uh, I'm just going to freshen up. Uh, so she goes upstairs. Like He's like, finally, like for fuck's sake, finally. It's been like three years and finally she's giving in. Like, this guy, he's just like proper can't wait. So that's leaving Ted now. He's on his own with his antique porn. Calling her a... <laughs> Wow, what a hag! Isn't that what it's something like that? To, so he's insulting one of um, models on the uh, oh, yeah. vintage porn. So uh, we then get a power cut uh, at Trish and Tommy's house. Their mum, she starts walking around. Uh, she's obviously uh, talking to herself uh, and uh, she's shouting out everybody's name as, uh, as they do. And she goes outside and then literally bang. Uh, but we don't see her yeah, death. Yeah. So there's a, a little bit of respect because she's an older actress. So they might have thought, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll just like, leave it to the audience's imagination. Uh, Trish and Tommy, they're driving home. So uh, can you remember him leaving? Like personally? Like, so they had the hitchhiker. Yeah. He fucked off. The mum's on her own. And then all of a sudden they drove yeah, somewhere and then driving back. Yeah. No, so I don't I, remember. I don't actually. really know what that's all about. Groceries. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. There's a 24 hour garage down there. Yeah. Let's get some groceries. Trish and Tommy are obviously then driving home, like we said. We then see Sarah. She's beaming with happiness. Uh, she's finally going to get laid. Right. Yeah. She's put on her finest underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's looking in the mirror. You know, she she's she's doing her hair and smiling to herself. And she, you know, she can't believe this is finally the time. Uh, that we then get Trish and Tommy. They get home. Trish is now panicking. Goes looking for for her mum, and then uh, she finds the tent. And then so she goes inside the tent and just sits there. Yeah. I don't know. A normal person pop your head round. Uh, yeah, he's no, not, here. not here. <laughs> yeah, he's so, not here. Uh, so she goes inside, sits there, and waits. And then all of a sudden, a machete comes flying through the tent. <laughs> through the tent. <laughs> <laughs> she then gets hacked to death. And it's the hitchhiker. Yeah, uh, I don't... Uh, this is the thing. I don't really know what they're trying to do with this character at this point. Yeah, because it's like... We know Jason's around. We, yeah. all right. So then we've got this fucking hitchhiker bloke. He's been asking all weird questions Got a knife, got a machete. And it's kind of like, right... Like, well, you know, so who are they concentrating on? I mean, are they, are they trying to, like, focus on, like, oh, it could be a red herring. Like, Jason's actually, like, you know, actually not doing the killings. It's this hitchhiker guy. Like, But we, but we already know that yeah, he is. This is what I mean. So, I don't like, get what they're doing with this character because it's like that machete bit with the tent. Make no sense. No, See, for me, damaged his tent. Uh, up until that point, <clears throat> having not really, uh, you know, have much memory of the first few films, I thought... Is this some sort of recurring character? Like, he knows Jason's backstory and he's come as a sort mm. of saviour figure. Yeah, but, I mean, it does actually come later on about who he actually is. So after he's, like, nearly hacked his uh, possible girlfriend to death, um, Jimmy and the twin are in bed. 
And then he turns around to her and says, was I a dead fuck? <laughs> um, and then she's like, I think it was incredible. So uh, G- Jim is absolutely buzzing. Yeah. So as he does, he gets out of bed. <laughs> He's in love as well. All right. So uh, he, he goes downstairs, all right, starts talking with Ted and stuff, and then he's, he starts looking for the corkscrew. And um, yeah, and then like, in this whole scene, it's very glovery. Like, into, yeah. William Shatter's like, uh, hey, Ted, Ted, where's the corkscrew? Like, you know, it's like it's proper Crispin Glover, isn't it? It's yeah. just shouting, just like in his, yeah. in his, just over the top. Like, he's just looking for a corkscrew, you know, and he's shouting like Harry does. And yeah, this is like his death scene now. He gets a corkscrew through the hand and then a cleaver through the face. Which apparently as well was quite cool. So he says when he'll get measured up for this, like with Savini. So he, he got some wire to get the shape of his face, which was then like used to uh, to make the cleaver. And and then the the actual swipe into his face with the blood was in reverse. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So like he says that was like the the cool effect. Like obviously a lot of people have, have used that in the past. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was quite a smooth uh, motion to be fair. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you yeah, want to know, yeah, yeah, so we're all done. Well. In, and his his reaction of his death was like again very crispy, <laughs> because it, his whole body shaked it like, <laughs> like his mouth were wide open and it was just like all shaking, yeah. like compared to any of the others. But yeah, so we've got the twin. She's upstairs, so she's looking out the window and she spots like both bikes are still there, but she knows her sister's gone, so she's a bit confused. And like, so this is what, so this is where we get a glimpse of Jason with the mask. He smashes through the window, grabs her, and then throws her onto the car. Flings it, yeah, <laughs> proper metamesic car. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. It's it's, it's some strength. It's probably my favourite death, to be fair, because with the like proper slow motion. I don't know who, like, because I, I mean I didn't notice if it was like a stuntman or a girl, but but it looked literally like her, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, it was so realistic, and the way she smashes onto the top of the car and then bounces off and stuff, and it was just yeah, really graphic uh, kind of death, and a really cool stunt. So I'm quite impressed with that, to be fair. Uh, I think that was my favourite death. Uh, we find out as well. We go back to Trish with the hitchhiker, and he's now explaining. That he's Sandra's brother. So Sandra is a character from part two, and he's out basically like looking for his sister, and that's why he's basically just like roaming around. He well, showed... didn't he bring up the about Jay that hmm. the body has escaped from the morgue? The body's gone missing from the morgue. So yeah, he shows uh, news clippings, oh, don't yeah, he? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, and he's, he's got a load in his bag, anti. Yeah. But it felt felt it felt kind of obvious to me from the yeah, get go. Yeah, but it's still good. But like, yeah, that that's why he was there. Well, that's the thing. It, it, no, there's no bears in them woods. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was believing that story. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Like that's what I mean. I don't know what they're doing with his character because we know who, Jason's the killer. So it's just kind of like like just just come out and just say like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm looking for my, like my sister. Yeah, it could it would have been better just to lay it out yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't And then sense. that would have yeah. But it hasn't. So yeah, showing that Trisha loads newspaper clippings tells her the that uh, the body uh, of Jason is missing. So then we cut to uh, Sarah and Jared Leto. And now uh, uh, she's a whore bag in the sh- in the shower. Yes, that underwear didn't stay on long, did it? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, Ted, he's still watching uh, the old porn. And um, then all of a sudden, uh, we get his death scene. So the, the film gets cut. So he goes over to the projector screen. And then all of a sudden, while he's like, uh, the light's on him, uh, the knife comes through the projector screen yep, and yeah. goes through his mouth. Uh, and uh, so he gets stabbed through the back of his head. So, also, there's a, a cool story with that, where in order to get into character, apparently, he started uh, th- smoking weed for real. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it was kind of like, yeah, maybe I ought to, uh, you know, just do a bit and, and see how I go. And it might, you know, enhance my character in some way. So he started doing smoking weed in his trailer. But he says uh, he'd never done it before, which so it backfired. And, I, and, and he says it was uh, it was horrendous. He says it made him paranoid as shit. Uh, he was really dead erratic. And it, it was just making him like just... Just like doing strange things, uh, you know, just by smoking this weed, it was like the worst thing he could have done. <laughs> so like leading up to this whole scene, like he was like stoned for real, and like he says, like yeah, you know, it was the worst decision I could have made. You can actually see now looking back on that scene because he spends a lot of it gormlessly going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, no, and it's, yeah, yeah, it's perfect sense. Yeah, yeah it was totally off his face. It, it made him paranoid, and it was just like yeah. It was the worst decision I could have made. It was just horrendous. So, yeah, we then cut to the Hallmark channel and uh, we have lovebirds uh, and they're finishing off in, uh, from the shower scene. Uh, and she, she's obviously like got no nude in her contract because she uh, strategically places a towel over herself. Yeah. <laughs> I think she was one of the only ones who secured the her and um, Trish. I think they were the two that secured non-nude. Yeah, uh, I mean, she she actually says like she refused to go nude to the point to of willing to quit the film at this yeah. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so after a lot of backers and forwards with uh, the uh, her agent, they they actually just ended up getting a body double. But obviously, the says don't tell the other cast members because yeah. they've they've been kicking up a bollock, saying I don't really feel comfortable, and they forced them to be nude. But she dug her heels in, and enough respect to her. She was like, "Look, like you get someone else, or I quit the film. I'm not bothered." Like, because she's got a theatre background, so she didn't really want to do the film role anyway. Yeah, so they they gave in, and and they filmed at that scene last. Like, it was one of the last scenes that they actually yeah. filmed. So, like, they can kind of cover up the body double. They but, got a stump bomb, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> like, but worst thing about it as well, like the guy who played the boyfriend. He says it was so fucking awkward because, like, here's this girl who's thinking, like, she's made a big break and being in this film, and, and it's like he's never met her before. And now he's having to, like, make out with her in the shower, and he was just, he says, like, I actually had a thing for Sarah at the time. Uh, and so he's making, having this sex scene in the shower, and he was just feeling dead uncomfortable with it all, like, you know, like, where she's, like, just. Just being thrown in there is like this body double, and he's having to do all these like awkward like movements and stuff. Like and it's like, yeah, uh, put her ass up to the glass, and all this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like he says it was just the, the worst scene like to do. Uh, so yeah, it was mad as fuck. Yeah. So Sarah, she gets out of the shower obviously after the towel, and uh, she then she starts. I don't know if she's meant to for him to hear her, but she then says, uh, "I think I'm in heaven." And and then uh, there's like a bit of a sigh. Uh, then he says, "I think I'm in love." Just like this wanky, cheesy Hallmark Channel bullshit, yeah. isn't it? So uh, then we get like Jared Leto. We start singing in the shower. Yeah. 
he, he then like hears a noise. Obviously, any normal person, if you hear somebody coming into the shower uh, or the bathroom, it's kind of like uh, you pop your head around. It's like, you know, who the fuck's that? Uh, no, he just leaves the door. It's like he starts just just talking through the glass, talking about you know who it could be. Uh, instead of just opening the door and just having a look. So uh, this is the obviously the shower death. So it, it keeps talking and talking, and then all of a sudden, a hand smashes through the glass and bangs his head through the tiles. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, real there's, violence. There's a really cool story with that as well, like with, with the uh, with the guy who played Jason. So the guy who was playing uh, Doug says uh, he was actually shitting himself because apparently in a film previous he actually got second degree burns like from like a like a, yeah. a, a filming done. So Ted White playing Jason uh, went up to him. And basically says like, you know, uh, are, are you ready for this? You know, he says like, you know, I, I can't be shown to just like slap you around. I'm, I'm actually going to have to like give you some proper fucking <laughs> fist like, you know. And and he was kind of like, well, you know, not really. I'd rather you not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like, well, I've got to show like this like pure power and aggression like, you know. So, like, so then they had to go to the assistant director and he was just like, you know, I don't think I'm comfortable with this. Because he's basically going to fucking like, put me head like, and, and rag me about. So they agreed to like put a cushion behind his head. <laughs> Like, so when he smashes through, like you know, he's like slams his head into the wall. So as you can imagine, because uh, from that previous film, he actually needed four operations for the burns that he had. Like so, he was really nervous. Uh, we then get to Sarah. She's obviously like he was singing at first. And now all of a sudden she stopped and said, "Hey, why you stop singing?" She was drying her hair during all this commotion, weren't mm. she? In bedroom, so yeah, she's not heard him getting his. Face. It's a bit too quiet. Yeah, so uh, she walks in and then that's where she sees the body. So this is like a bit of a chase scene now. Uh, and uh, amazingly, like with a skimpy towel, it stays <laughs> on. Like, Don't move an inch, does yeah, it? Yeah, not one bit. Right, so it's glued onto it very well. Uh, and she's like, she runs around the house and then bosh, uh, she gets her axe through the chest. She's gone. Then it cuts to Tommy... Trish and the hitchhiker. So they're in the house next door. Right? So they're panicking about her mum. And, and obviously, as they do, it's like, hey, uh, Tommy, you stay here. We're going to go and go look for the for a mum. Knowing full well there's like a, a potential psycho on the loose, they obviously leave the child alone in the house. So they go uh, then across to the death brothel if you like <laughs> next door uh, start looking around uh, the hitchhiker straight goes into the basement trish then she she finds, sees the dog she starts chasing the dog which then randomly jumps through the top of the window so then it cuts to tommy he finds the newspaper clippings so he's rummaging through the hitchhiker stuff and then sees that jason's on the loose the body's gone missing so then uh, trish she sees then uh, Jared Leto's body. She then runs to find the hitchhiker, uh, and uh, he's uh, he's in the basement. So as she goes down the steps, uh, as you do, he's like uh, he turns around, says something, and then he gets violently stabbed by Jason. <laughs> um, and then all this time, while Jason's massacring this guy, Trish is literally stood watching yeah. right, on the yeah. steps. Like she could easily just run off. Yeah, uh, but she's yeah. got to take it all in. Yeah, like she got, she just stands there, and then when he stops, 
That's when she runs, uh, as you do. She then ends up going home uh, to, to Tommy. Uh, this is where they then start nailing the doors. So they're getting themselves prepared now. <laughs> Fucking so weak. It's, I mean, she lock it the the going around the windows as well, locking the flimsiest of window, that the yeah. biggest sash windows, and they're just putting the little locks on. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, and yeah, then starts nailing doors. <laughs> he then throws the hitchhiker's body through her window, which then he grabs Tommy. She fights him off, smashes through the door, and then straight away throws the hammer straight at Trish. And I just thought that that was just badass. It's like, you know, he's not even thinking twice. It's just like pure rage and violence. So then the... Hey? An instinct. Well, it is, isn't it? It, uh, They go upstairs, they barricade themselves in Tommy's room. So Jason then gets in, but gets smashed uh, with the TV. Yeah, proper waltzing one, didn't she? With 14 inches. Yeah. Over his head. Oh, totally. Like, you can see what they, uh, they got it from with Scream. So, he's that cold. So, then they uh, go uh, to move. So, they open the door. Jason's at cold. And it's kind of like, right, we need to make a, a run for it. So, they're, they're creeping about. And then, obviously, Jason then, like, gets up and then starts chasing her. She jumps out the top window, but amazingly still lives. Mm. Uh, so, now we've got Tommy. And this is where Tommy locks himself into the bathroom yeah, and goes to work with his new look, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Unconfessed from Adam's family kind of look. Or Riff Raff, like from <laughs> uh, Rocky Horror Show. But it's just the way he's... We're seeing him as his sister's frantically trying to escape this madman. He's just cutting away. Is yeah. it? We're like, so where's what, he going with this? Where did he go with that? Why is that? It's, so, so when he was looking at one of them paper clippings, he saw a, a young, right. an artist's impression of what a young Jason Voorhees looked uh, like. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. He, had, he had enough about him to think, uh, if I make myself look like him as a child, then it might confuse him. And yeah. um, we might, yeah. yeah. And it's another, it's another trait that they've used in a similar fashion, i.e., the girl dressing up as it's in the, in the one trying before. to, yeah, yeah trying to. So it's uh, they're working on a formula a theme. here, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So as he's going to work on his new look very slowly at this as well, yeah. he's like, yeah, 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 I'll be, I'll be down in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> don't look quite right yet. <laughs> Like Trish, like she's like she's putting up a good fight, like, and then all of a sudden, uh, Tommy he, he comes downstairs, uh, and um, like right, he, he does look a twat, <laughs> don't he? Yeah. Like, uh, straight away, I just thought Richard O'Brien from yeah. like Rocky Horror Show. That's many many Uncle Fester. Is that it? <laughs> With dark shadows on the eyes. Yeah, definitely. it was the black eye shadow and the white face. Yeah. yeah. So obviously it's a distraction for for Jason, and then Trish then knocks Jason's mask off. Tommy grabs the machete and then basically like nearly cuts his friggin' head off. Like yeah, so we say he gets full bore machete straight to into face, Temple, yeah, don't yeah. he? And it's a cool effect because as he's, as he's, he's been sliced at the top at Temple, and then he's like slowly sliding down the machete yeah. as he hits the ground. So um, we see a bit of like. Uh, Jason like is twitching and, and things like that, but then it cuts to Tommy. So like obviously everyone's relieved and all these things, and and Tommy then he basically yeah he just hacks the shit out of him, don't he? Yeah, like, yeah um, it's going mad. Yeah. So yeah, like that's basically the the end to to that. We then cut to Trish. She's in the hospital. 
Tommy obviously still looking like Riff Raff from <laughs> Lock Your Show. They hug and then it, it cuts to Corey Feldman looking sinisterly to yeah. the camera. Yeah. Roll credits. And this is where it sets up, like you said, for the next film. Like he's gonna be the next uh, the next villain. Well that, that was it. That was yeah, high hopes for progressing with, with Tommy. Even though they called it final chapter. Yeah. It's the next it's the start of the next chapter. But that's the thing I found as well, like so uh, Frank Macuso Senior was always like, Look, at least even when you think it's final, you've got to give a little bit of summit just in case. <laughs> so that little look was like, yeah, 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 if it does all right, then we might move on with it or whatever. But who knows? Who who knew Corey Feldman was going to be the star that he was at that age? So, uh, so yeah, I, yeah, that was credits. That was final chapter, guys. Wow. Wow. That was uh, it. M- mammoth. Yeah. So, yeah. What did you, at the end of it, after watching it, what was your reactions after you finished watching it then? Uh, can you remember like, like what well, your thoughts were? For me, yeah, I thought it was an enjoyable film. I did. I, I was The way it started, I thought it was going to be a bit more of a slog to what I, I thought, oh, they're sticking with the same premise they've got. So I thought, yeah, it's going to just be repetitive. But no, I did really enjoy it. It was a fun watch, some cool kills. Yeah. Um, that dynamic of Corey Feldman's character and stuff, I think, just did made it made it interesting enough. Like I say, there are a few bits looking back now, like I say, the relationships with them kids and stuff, it was non-existent, but it didn't matter during the film. Yeah. Like I say, I thought it all flowed well and yeah. Yeah, punctuated nice with some murders in between. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, and I thought it were enjoyable. I did enjoy it. Good one. Yeah. Um, I'm the same. I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, it's uh, it's not a film that you'd think too deeply about. I, don't, I didn't. It, it didn't put me off about having the character developments and the, you know, the, you know, looking back at it now, we we're analysing it and you know, you brought it up. Yeah, there was a definite mismatch amongst the group of friends and stuff, but it didn't matter because it was just you know, it was just what it was. You know, it's like yeah. a horror film, a slasher film, and there's some cool like you say. You know, deaths in it, and it keeps you going along that ride, really. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was enjoyable. Same as what Dave said. Yeah, Yeah. it was good. Glad I watched it. Yeah, I mean, going into it, like, did did like did you know much about like the cast at that point? Like, you know, the the Feldman and I knew Feldman. That's it. And and I knew uh, Crispin Glover really for the dance scene (laughs) from what you told me. So I knew that was coming up. And I knew Feldman was in it, and then but that was kind of it, really. And I knew obviously the backstory a little bit of of Jason and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, other than that, I was just ready to just uh, go along with the ride of it. So, yeah, yeah, it was um, it was good. Feldman, I knew was in it, but Crispin Glover bit surprised that I weren't expecting that. I'd I'd obviously after I sort of remembered, yeah, that that's where he was from and got his sort of break. But um, yeah. yeah, no, it were. God, it was good seeing people that are familiar with. I've grown even more familiar with. So that's the irony. Yeah. Since doing this podcast, I've seen quite a few films now. It's going to be interesting. I, just, I I do feel like I want to watch the others now. I will. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start. So it's, this is really going to be my main memory of the the because this is. I watched this one before I watched the Manhattan, you know, Manhattan one. So uh, and then I'll probably, yeah, I feel like I want to watch the others now. So uh, well, they did. I mean, watching the recap as well, they did use the Tommy character again, didn't they? In the series, it's just Corey Feldman never came back to reprise uh, the role. Right. Okay. 
yeah yeah so i'll find that out later later yeah. on yeah 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 i like that. Uh, enjoyed so, it yeah it's, it's it's great it's it's a good sequel and i can see why a lot of folks obviously cling on to this as like one of the better sequels and and looking into it yeah it probably is i mean going into like the franchises like of the main guys like freddy three and four like they're like a few favorites to the fans with Halloween, you, a lot of love for the third one, like, which I haven't even got uh, Michael I know, Myers I, know. In it. I think that's the first one I ever mm. saw as well. I think I that's the same that here, yeah. Vividly, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, but again, like even Halloween 4, and th- so some of the, the latter sequels got a lot of love for, for the fans. And, and so like the final chapter, I can see where they're coming from, I suppose, like character-wise... The first three it were, were almost identical. Like, you know, it was just a slight tweak to the story. And going into four, and I can see where they were coming with, obviously, with the script and, and trying to develop a whole different story. I mean, every film they were trying to try a bit of summer. Um, but I think the director even said, like, at that point, they were trying to see how teens were at that point. Like, so the characters at in final chapter were apparently like mirror image of, of like reflecting what yeah, so yeah it's a different time of, of yeah. kids of that period and it's apparently. easy to look at it now and laugh and judge and stuff yeah but, you know that's but, a reflection of the times uh, so yeah it, I, I can i can see why it's got such a like a fan base for, for that for that particular film but yeah um that's final chapter so that's the end of of part one for our friday the 13th sequels double we've had an absolute blast speaking about this franchise and this movie so i hope that you can join us next week as we delve into jason takes manhattan we're doing friday the 13th part eight (laughs) so thanks for uh, listening and we hope to see you next time so see you then Take care. Bye.